Welcome to episode 366 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 366 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Pretty good, Bevan. What about you? I'm pretty good as well. That's good. Have you been for a swim this morning? Had a little, just an easy 30 minutes, easing back into it. You told me that uh, you did some press-ups last night. Oh, I did a core session last night. Some would say it was hardcore. Yes, it was a little hardcore, and it, I was saying to Phil, swimming ain't going to be pretty tomorrow. And it was not. I tried and to do why, a bit of, why was it challenging, John? Uh, well, I did first one of my little sets of core was uh, was just on, it was bucketing down. No, it wasn't actually bucketing down with rain. We had a lot of rain in Christchurch, and actually almost stopped raining. But we had to do a bit of core on the basketball court, on the concrete court outside. Do fifteen press ups, and then do walking lunges to the other end. Fifteen press ups. Did that four times through. Haven't done any press ups for a while, and that last set was uh, had to have a little break there. About well, I've got you to, told me the first set was hard. The first set was hard, and uh, the last set was uh, it was painful. Good though, I'll feel good in a couple of weeks. It is nice because I've just got back into weights. Well, I've been doing weights this year, but I got a good program from a good PT recently, and it's really challenging me. And I've got that kind of that DOMS feeling happening all the time at the moment, and it is satisfying when you do weights and you get that kind of you know that. After after burn, John. Yep. After so, burn. I'm um, talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, nice and warm. It's it's cold. It's dark. It's winter in Christchurch. Good way to warm you up. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Trainingpeaks.com. Your recording greatness. And SLS try. The way to look great, John. Mm. Here we go. In this week's show, we've got a couple of things happening. We've got a bit of news. Uh, a, bit of, a bit of interesting news happening, haven't we, John? We have, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got... Um, we, we don't have an age group of the week. <gasps> I've got it in there, but we don't have an age group of this week. But we do have an interview. We do, with I, Tams and I must Lewis. say, your discussion of the week is pretty weak. Oh, I was happy for you to veto that. I was just sitting there saying... <laughs> it was very weak. Yeah, well, you can come up with a better one. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've got an interview with Tamsin um, around potential heart dangers we're all going to um, experience. <laughs> well, we're all going to. Potentially. Well, we may. Experience. We may. We may. And then Coach's Corner? Yep. Uh, I had a, a few people asking me questions about my race nutrition in Hawaii, so I thought I'd go over that. And there was something else I was going to do as well. Oh, oh yeah. you're going to do oh. your post race, post camp wrap up? Uh, I can do that if you want me to. Um, but I was also going to look Last at... Last week you were saying next week I'm going to do... No, next week I'm going to do... Uh, then the other topic I've got there is some alternate methods to tapering because I also had a lot of questions around people saying, oh, you know, you did this big week and you raced well in Kona and so I've got some alternate ideas Do you think you could have done better if you tapered better? Uh, let's wait till that part of the show, oh, shall we? Well, tease them, John, tease yeah. them. John, we didn't answer last week's discussion. What was it? What would you take to your island? Well, maybe we we'll have to answer that. Oh, this such a stupid question. I didn't want to answer it. It was good. It was planned. <laughs> it was part of the plan. I skimmed over it. It's a love. And then we've got a couple of questions and answers at the end of the show. First of all, we've got news. We've got, um, John, you've, your lead story, you picked it at the end of news. Oh, yeah, we can we can go with that if you want. I think it's a big story of the week. Okay. Who cares who's racing at Ironman Quarter Lane? Well, I think the people that are racing probably care. They probably do, but it's not the lead story. Okay. If there's one piece of news that's going to be remembered forever from this week, it is yes. the drug story. Yes, it's a Virginia Barissa Tagey 
has tested positive and <laughs> last season of racing I mean this is last season of racing you get your hometown race I and know. you get busted for drugs there I know just anyway so Virginia Pistagi she finished third in Kona a couple of years ago when we were over there yeah. it wasn't the last time I think it was a time before that so it would have been 2011 was it the first time we were there I think it was 2011 I mean, we've been there three times haven't we yeah Anyway, she's had, she's had a glittering career, you know, had um, plenty of wins, uh, and yeah, she tested positive for drugs. Well, and what's interesting, she had tested positive in the mm, past in Lanzarote when she won it, I think 2010 maybe? 2005, I think it was, oh, it tested positive for EPO. And then it disputed the testing, because at that time the testing wasn't so sharp, and mm -hmm. then they let her away with it, mm -hmm. and, uh, and a couple of other people were in that testing mm -hmm. as well, weren't mm -hmm. they? And so now... She's now gone back and asked for retesting of her results this time, hasn't she? She has. So I... I kind of feel that these, they should almost wait until, if, do, the, do all the bloody retesting before you actually name someone. Like, I'm not defending her or anything like that, but why don't they just do the tests, consult with the athlete, <laughs> if there's going to be a retest, do that, and then announce it, rather than... Oh, but do, do they, do you think that in their mind they're going, she's guilty? Yeah. Well, you know, why yeah. would we need to retest? She, she's True. got the, you know, she's got the ability to ask and we'll mm. do it, but... Mm. You know, sure, there might be times where you go, oh, this test is a little bit suspect, or mm. times where you go, you know what, <sighs> she's a cheat. Because mm. I know, you know, thinking back to like the Rebecca Keat incident where she took in some new, <laughs> this is the same defence everybody uses. Um, supplement. It's a, yeah, but the the, 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 the the sports supplements she was taking were actually proven to be tainted um, with the product and she was only just a minuscule amount over some marker that wasn't actually not particularly relevant. Yeah, but with that marker thing, because you look at the way Lance and that were using it, mm. they were only, you know, so it's that whole marker thing. But, I, you know, in her case, as you say, the supplement was proven to have the drug in it, so yeah. you can. That's a pretty fair argument mm. in this situation. I, I'm and not and sure. when it's a, when it's second strike, I'm thinking yeah. it's not looking very promising. Yeah, it's not at all. And so, really disappointing. Really. Well, know. it makes you wonder how much more of it is really happening in the sport. Damn you, Spanish people! That's what I say. Oh, really? So you're blaming <laughs> the Spaniards now? Bloody yeah. Anyway, you're painting more with the same brush, are yeah. you? Spanish or on drugs. Oh, well, I'm not. I love the Spanish. Yeah. If I would live anywhere else in the world, I think Spain would be my second choice. There you go. So there you go. Go so Spanish. Any, so, anyway, test positive. We'll wait and see what else comes out of that. Um, it was good that. Uh, Some of the females were saying what they thought. Herbert from Slow Twitch sort of released that to the world. I mean, it was obviously um, maybe it was circulating a bit in, in Europe, but he was the one who put it up on Slow Twitch and uh, let us all know about it. So, good work, Herbert. Yeah. Jenna Crawford, she's got. Uh, do you uh, do you realise that she tested positive for victory in Ironman Lens already in 2005, but argued her way out of this and was given the victory in a second chance. This makes me so angry that she has been given a second chance, had some great results and perhaps was cheating the whole time. I just can't believe athletes can live within themselves. Caroline, Stephen, what you say, John? Lion cheats bring a lot of anger, rage and sadness. High emotions in our girls squad this, this morning to watch. That makes me thoughtful. Hashtag lifetime ban for cheating. Hashtag, yeah, baby. We could, let's talk about that in a second. Jody Swallow's got... Um, do I win the Euro ID title uh, from 2010 long, then? Long distance. She obviously... Must have finished second. Yeah, yep. Uh, Hallie Fredrickson, um, what annoys me the most, she was given another chance, given a shot at victories, titles and the dollars. And Belinda Granger says, totally agree, I'm fed up with this soft approach. As elite athletes, we know the rules. John, what are your thoughts? Should, do, should we go more than two years? Um, I don't know. 
Do you like, do you do you go down the whole everyone needs a second chance in life? Yeah. Um, or do you go down the whole hey we know the rules you, you make that choice you pay the consequences. It's it's so hard to prove if someone I don't know I, I'm I'm happy with a two year ban the second second time offence is lifetime ban. Kevin, what about you? I think if you've done it once, going back to do it again. Yeah, that's when you get your lifetime ban. But she didn't get banned the first time. No, no. So in theory, she hasn't actually been done before. Yes. Yeah. You know, like we can say, well, there was a test, but she did get off. So, you know, she hasn't been proven guilty and it's the case. And we might argue that the tests, if the tests were better, that she probably would have got done. But mm. we don't know that for a fact. Um, I kind of like a bit of the hardcore approach, John. Fair enough. Everybody's in tight, yeah. Because I kind of think that, you know what? <clears throat> If you're an athlete, you're putting your whole life into your sport. You're going to commit everything you've gone to your sport. But the thing is, everybody else around you is doing the same thing. And if you make a choice that gives you an advantage over everyone else, an unfair advantage over everyone else, you've made a conscious decision to make that choice. If you know that, hey, you know what, if I get caught, what's the worst thing? Two years out of my career, most athletes can have two years off and still, you know, especially an Ironman, you can have a long career. Mm. Two years isn't going to be the end of your world. You might determine that's a risk you take. Whereas if you go... If I get caught, this is the end of my career, that might deter a few more people. So as a deterrent, I don't know, because deterrence, you know, when we look at jail sentences, it still doesn't stop murder, does it? So, mm. But maybe it would be as a deterrent in a, in a higher way. I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm happy with the, the, as it is at the moment, two years, and then I, I don't know if it is life ban on the second offence or not. Um, but that's I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think they're disputing it. Didn't the, the Olympic Committee recently try to take it to a life ban and then some athletes disputed it and they won in court? Don't know. I remember vaguely reading, hearing something about that on news. So sad times for our sport and uh, if you're a pro, don't cheat. Exactly. If you're an age grouper, don't cheat. We've got age groupers cheating, John. Yeah, that's a shocker. That is a shocker. That is a real shocker. That is a shocker. Mm. So, John, sometimes the world saddens me. I almost think that's worth I don't. I don't know. Why is it? I don't know. Well, you think it's better to cheat if you're a pro? I'm not saying, no, I'm just saying it's, I don't know, to me, it almost seems worse for age groupers to be cheating when they're, you know, I don't know. So you're kind of saying that you can understand that a pro who has the pressure of trying to make money yep. and all that, while you don't condone it and you see it's wrong, you can yep. see the, the pressure to make that decision a little easier. An age grouper, it's purely about ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> mm, I think both are terrible people, John. I agree terrible, with that. Don't terrible. disagree don't, there. Don't come to my Christmas party. Okay, we won't. Right. Okay, what have we got coming up? This I don't weekend? like starting news on a bloody down moment like that. I'm, I'm going to overrule you next time. Let's start on no, positive no, news. What was the key story of the week? It's not uh, if it's fluffy or not. Uh, we, want, we want fluffiness but on the, the show. The first story is not that fluffy. Who's racing at Quarter Lane? This is exciting stuff. Oh, wow. Chris Lee is going to John's got shock it. horror at WTC <laughs> the progress on their website. I was. I was like uh, amazed. So I always shock go Shock horror. Shock horror. I went on to Ironman.com and I've been going on about this for years. Seven years of the show. Went on there, went on to the Quarter Lane site and thought, here we go. They've got the big list, of the bib list. It's all alphabetical. There's no age groups or anything like that. You don't have a clue who you're up against for age groupers and let alone pros if they're even listed on there. Um, um, they're all over the place and you can't find anybody. Cool, Lane, well done WTC. They actually had the list of all the pros at the top of the page. Do we say well done WTC or do we do, like, do they have race directors for each race now? How does it work? Who knows? But anyway, they've finally listened to me. Well, obviously. They always listen to us, John. They do. The 12 year, the 12 race thing, that was our idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah you know, everything that's lately happening in the Ironman, it's great, really comes from this show. I agree. There's I no, agree. There's no denying it. So they do have the list of pros up there. Nice work. And 
yeah, it could be a, a fairly interesting race. Well, it's, it's an interesting race because it's a big male field, isn't it? Yeah, it's reasonable money. It's a two thousand point race and seventy five thousand dollars. No superstars. No superstars. But some good solid second tier guys. Rosie might disputing that. He might consider himself to be a superstar. Brian well, Rose. Rosie probably will. Yes, uh, and I think he is too. So. I think one name to watch out for there is uh, on, I've got on Torsten's uh, rat, tryrating.com. Um, I'm, I sort of look on there as my first port of call. And um, yeah, Rhodesy's down there, seated uh, 13th, only expected to come in in a, in a 9.08. But you've got Chris Lee there in yeah. the 16th. He finished fifth in Ironman Melbourne this year. And uh, I don't know how old Chris Lee is, but he must be uh, um, he must be over 40. Uh, he could be certainly one to watch. You've got Paul Matthews there on Torsten's site is rated incredibly highly. He's rated to come in at an 811, coming off the back of two results. He's in Ironman Arizona where he finished six, uh, second in 813. And then Ironman Melbourne where he finished sixth in 812. So his rating is very, very high at an 811. Ben Hoffman, TJ Tolkinson, Victor Zemensev, um, Joseph Major. Chris, Chris McDonald is in there as well. Matthew Russell's won a couple of Ironmans. So, yeah, it should, should be a, a pretty good race, actually. As you said, no superstars, but... Um, good solid but, field. But, but good solid field, should be good <laughs> racing. Last year, Victor Zemensev took it out from Timothy O'Donnell and Matthew Russell. We've got a couple of good chicks happening in the female race, but we'll get the girls' side of things. We've definitely got, we've got Heather Wurst on Cat and Snow. Cat Snow, you know, both... John's going to sneeze. He's got some great facials. Yeah. <laughs> it was got cold. It. Got it. He got it. <laughs> Yeah, it should be a great race because uh, you have here the Wordle who should go out and spank the bike silly and uh, what you'd expect to have a reasonable lead. And then Caitlin Snow is just a fantastic, consistent runner. She should come through with a, a really quick run on Torsten's rating here. Uh, he's got them that there should be about a two-minute gap, and he's got Heather Wirtle's run rating at 3.21 and Caitlin Snow's run rating at 3.03. So, But then when you go to the bike, Heather's got a 5.11 and Kat's mm. got a, a, a 5.30. So that should be should be a really good race and uh, won't be over till it's over. And then uh, the other girls, Kathleen Calkins, Ashley Clifford and Kiwi Candace Hammond taking it up. And let's hope Bree Wee, seated number six there, can go the right way on the course. It's kind of important. Mm. Have you ever done that before? What's that? Gone the wrong way on a course. I have actually once. What happened? Um, I was actually racing Mark Elliott, who is now the high performance yeah, director yeah. for Bike NZ, and we were doing a duathlon around the Hallswell Downs, and that was, that was this is old school stuff where there's actually no marshals on the course. So you're literally going to know the course yourself. Yeah, most of the time they have a cone on the course, but I took a wrong turn on the run, and uh, I'd, 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 I'd done the big breakaway on him on the bike and had a good lead because he's quite a good runner, and, uh, and then it went the wrong way. And so, wait a second, at what point did you realise you'd gone the wrong way? Uh, I turned around and he wasn't anywhere near in sight <laughs> and I have actually done it another time as well John come on and uh, and this was in my second ever triathlon it was a New Zealand secondary schools triathlon champs in Auckland first race I ever did was the Canterbury secondary schools and I won that and then got a free trip to go up to Auckland and so I'm in this race at nationals and uh, now wait a second did you think you had a chance no, no, no. no. But, I, but I was very good. I was, I, was, I was a reasonably good swimmer, so I was probably, I can't remember if I was first out of the swim in my age group or I was near the front. Yep. Spanking away on the bike, came around about, must have done a, a wrong turn, but kept on going and you managed to come back on course. So and, wait a second, no one knew you. And, and a whole bunch of us, about five of us went the wrong way. And, uh, but we managed to come back on course somehow, but we must have cut like four or five k's off the course and so, so we're miles ahead yeah of so we come off the bike and we're all we're like first second third fourth i'm like far out and then racing <gasps> out right. the racing out's going it's an incredibly quick bike course they went even quicker than rick wells on this course <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyway did you bend 
Yoga Lifetime ban. <laughs> God, yeah, that's what you should get for cheating. That's, that's right. what you should get for cheating. God, of course, get Lifetime yeah. So, I remember once I was doing some marshalling at a at the national um, time trial champs for bikes, mm. and one of the girls who was pretty much going to be the winner, she went off course, mm. and she was gutted. Oh, uh, poor girl. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Iron Man France is going to be happening, and uh, John's also happy with their website. Yes, I'm in France. The, the European races are typically very good at having their um, having all the pros on their on their fair, on their sites, and uh, they've achieved that again this year. So well done to I'm in France. It's interesting though that their right, so we're not going to talk about them. Yeah, hold on. Their website is still a standalone website, whereas the WTC are pulling everything under Ironman.com. So you know, in the past, yeah, everybody have their own separate yeah. ones, but they're pulling them You'd all like under. You'd like two, whereas now, yeah, whereas this one still is standalone for the time being. Uh, last year we saw Frederick Van Leer absolutely destroying. Well, everybody. last year was a good year for him, wasn't it? Mm, he won by twenty-one minutes over Paul Amy. Tina Dickers took out the race, girls' race from Gina Crawford. This year, you'd really expect uh, Frederick Van Laird to spank everybody silly again. He's actually seeded number two on Torsten's rating with an 8.22, so he must have had a few blow-ups along the way. Bart Arnott's from Belgium is actually seeded number one. And Paul Amy's in there as well. Um, he was second last year, so I'd expect him to be there or thereabouts. He recently won an Ironman race somewhere. I um, can't quite remember off the top of my head. So I think those would be your three main contenders along with Clement Alonso McKenna from Spain. And the girls? Girls side of things. Uh, pretty small field there with a grand total of uh, four participants. Wait a second, is this of last year's results? Mm. Mary Beth Ellis. Uh, she should be up there by herself, I'd imagine. Yeah, uh, she should dominate Dojo, shouldn't she? No other girls of real note there. Four Lucy competitors, Reed. John. That's what Torsten's saying, yeah. Wow. It's just a bit disappointing. It is a bit. Mm. It's got a seventy-five guaranteed prize, $75,000 prize in my purse, uh, 2000 pointer, so reasonable money. So those girls are all going to be getting a reasonable payday. Yeah, if you're a girl now, just sign up today. Yes. Because you get paid nowadays, it's not based on time, is it? You ask me questions I don't know. Oh, well, you should know. You're I, the guy I, knows should, everything. I should know that. Um, John, I've got real dry hands. you get dry hands? <laughs> How is that relevant to... Because <laughs> they're really France. dry. Look at them. Look at my fingers. Moisturise, Bevan. Moisturise. <laughs> Get your bloody... Use some of your facial stuff on your hands. Uh, I'm in France. I'm very envious of everybody racing over there. That is one cool course. Uh, you have a sea swim. It's the old niece, isn't it? It is, yep, it's yep. at Nice. You have a sea swim, you run up at the up and down the Promenade des Anglais, which is nice and flat and pretty um, big wide paths, so it should be pretty pretty cool. And then the run the bike course looks really wicked. It's it's actually not that slow, you know, it's hilly, but the guys actually ride reasonably quick bike times there. But um very cool bike course. So everybody up there <coughs> have fun. Plenty, plenty of one thing good thing about this course is you know, you, you have a bit of flat and then you've got a, a bit of bit of hills and you've got a big climb and you sort of come down for that. So you you lead into the marathon, you've actually got quite a, a long, long period of downhilling. So you actually oh, should, should get off the bike fit um you know, in slightly better condition than you would at other races. We've got a couple of other quick races happening around the world, John. What's happening? We've got a number of other races and the one that probably I'm pretty excited to see is the Swiss Man Extreme. You remember a while ago we looked at their website oh, and that's they had amazing. the 
amazing race. Awesome YouTube clip. Um, a bit like um, Norseman. Looks fantastic. So um, anybody does that race, maybe pop us a note and let us know how it gets on. You got the Mavorian Man in the Czech Republic. You got the Pinar Grand in Spain. You got the Forest Man in the UK, and you got the Goto Nagasaki International Triathlon in Japan. If you're racing any of those races, have a good race and good luck, and let us know how you go. Um, we had a few seventy point threes happening over the week weekend. Uh, Ray Lert and Riveros. Yep, so we had Riveros, who's uh, Barbara Riveros' uh, ITU athlete, stepping up and just doing a bit of uh, long course, uh, spanking everybody. But probably the result of the weekend was um, Richie Nichols winning the 70.3 in the UK and just killing them on the run. Now, John, I don't know Richie Nichols, do you well, know? Nor do I. But apparently he's now part of Team TBB. Try, apparently tried to sort of try his hand at ITU stuff and didn't really pull it off last year. But he ran a 114, which is uh, which is fast for one thing. But when you're beating guys like Tim Don by putting five minutes into them in the run, that was pretty impressive. And other guys like Fraser Cartmel. So oh, that was uh, an impressive run split. Just one thing, in Berlin, Jensen Button did it. Mm-hmm. He did a 4.19, got 35th overall, he got 4th in his age group. Nice. Last year he qualified for Vegas, but didn't take the slot. Don't know if he did this year either. John, someone get us to Jensen on the show. We don't want to talk about Formula 1. We want to talk about his Ironman or triathlon life. Jack that one up. Yeah. Just someone you know, Someone sure, must know Jensen. I'm sure he doesn't. He probably listens to the show. Come on, Jensen. Come on. Come on the show. Yeah. Come on. You know, you're on your bike somewhere in the middle of the world right now. Yeah. Listen to the boys from New Zealand. Come and say hello. Okay. Yeah. And then hook us up with some tickets. <laughs> yeah. Mel- maybe go over to Melbourne. <laughs> Bring it to Melbourne. You know, give us one of those race car. Yeah. Because they have the one with the two seats, don't they? For you know, sponsors to have yep. the experience with. Yeah. yeah. John and I would do that. Yeah. yeah. I'd be happy. Would you? Be, would you really? Would you be yeah. crapping your pants? I'd be crapping my pants, but you'd still do it. There's a classic YouTube clip of one of the top drivers, I don't know who it is, taking his wife around on one of those, and she's just not happy. <laughs> and she's calling him a pre- she's not saying nice things about him at all. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. Nice. Um, John, sponsor. SLS Try. Yes. You guys that are off the court lane this weekend, are they going to be up there? Oh, but oh, we'll be racing. He did Texas, didn't he? Or he did some other race where he qualified? Oh. Pretty sure. Cordelaine's is classic. He does it every day. Remember last year, Cordelaine was ridiculously bad weather? The wind? No, that was somewhere else. That was when he went to um, sure, Texas. It was somewhere. It wasn't Cordelaine. Oh, okay. Uh, Cordelaine, the SLS team, quite a few races are at Cordelaine. They're at Vineman 70.3. They're at the full Vineman. If you're going to Wisconsin later in the season, or Louisville, or High V, or Ironman Arizona, or Ironman Florida. So they're basically covering all the. US uh, iron distance races plus these other ones there. So if you're there and you want to try out some gear, they're going to have some stock of the uh, the IM Talk gear. If you want to get any of that, they've uh, they've got their shipment coming in, so they'll have IM Talk stuff in stock. They had some delays getting it getting it made and everything, and some of the guys that ordered had to to wait a bit, but they now have some in stock. Also got all the SLS Tri gear in there, so make sure you check that out when you go to any of these races. Um, even if you're not buying anything, it's fantastic for us if you just go up to them and say g'day. Love you guys supporting the show, just so they know that um, that they're being recognised and uh, and that the awareness about their brand is out there. So check that but out. But buy something as well. Yeah, but buy something. As well. <laughs> Even if it's just a cap or a visor or yeah, something. Yeah, get some of those socks. They're bloody great. Um, check it all out. SLSTry.com. Use the code IMTalk and you get a nice healthy discount and uh, get on it. Get, get, get on it, guys. SLSTry. Okay, John, so last week in the discussion of the week, we got an email through. I think I'm just putting it up right here. 
from somebody, and we'll put up their name in a second, saying basically they noticed, they feel that someone had cheated in the race. Yes. Um, their, their bike split was just... It just didn't add up. Just didn't add up, John. Dave Hayward. Dave Hayward. I used to have Mark, mate called Mark Hayward. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he was a real skinny guy, and we used to do wrestling together. I loved it because he was so skinny, I could lift him over my head. I thought I was Hulk Hogan. Anyway, um, and he was just saying, my internet's gone slow, but he was just saying that, what was he saying, Joe? Well, he was basically saying he did a race, and, and someone had clearly, clearly cheated, and really wondering what you guys would do. If you knew that somebody, well, whether they cheated or knowingly or unknowingly, just going, that split just does not add up. You know, um, Would you... Uh, kind of like your race when you were like an early young man, wasn't it? Yeah, call me up. Yeah, <laughs> would you would you would you call them up or not call them up? Would you go to the race organisers and say, "Here's the deal that that surely can't be right," um, or would you ignore it because it doesn't really affect your result? And we're not talking about if it means missing out on a Kona slot, then it's a slightly different issue. But just say you say you finished twenty first, and you can see a guy that finished ninth in your age group and uh, clearly cut the course knowingly or unknowingly. What would you do? Okay, Peter Colson's got, Colson's got you, who cares? It's a triathlon. There are more important things to worry about at races, like is there any beer in the recovery tent? Right. Uh, Joe Coombe, there was an athlete at Ironman Los Cabos this year who did a bike split 30 minutes faster than my husband and the rest of the age group, but was only a few hundred metres ahead of him um, at the climb with 30 kilometres to go. They had no timing mat at the far turnaround. He came second and took a slot. What can you do? Nothing really. It has to be the athlete's responsibility um, not to cheat. Same as drafting. Craig Kurtwood comes back on this. A guy did this at Ironman New Zealand a couple of years ago. He missed the whole second lap of the bike. He took a slot, but it was later taken off him when the officials were notified that he'd cheated post-investigation, of course. So if you miss a whole lap of a bike, what do you do? You just go sit somewhere for a while? Quite easily. I mean... Um, oh yeah, how do you get away with that? Because you can't, you can't have miss a whole lap and then run. Well, I suppose you could. Depends how slow you ride, doesn't it? Mm. I'm sure there's a way. If you really thought hard enough, I'm sure there's a way that you can uh, you can cheat the course, wow. especially at courses where you allowed cars on the course. Jump in the back of a car if you really, really want to take it. Well, you could just pull over the side of the road, mm. pretend you're doing something with your bike, then turn your bike around in the other direction, and mm. bobs your uncle. Peter McConnell also said, "I saw him at, at him turn around well before Reparoa. Thought it was a bit weird, then spotted his blazing bike second lap on the bike results. I contacted the guy who had missed out on the last Kona slot, as it was him who was most affected." Well, yeah, okay. Gary Figgins got that his. is a shocker. That is a shocker. <laughs> that person, that's what deserves a ban. If you knowingly, but wait a second, like that, what lifetime or two years? Wow, well, two years. <laughs> Gotta be consistent. Gary Figgins got, as mentioned, there was a classic ST thread on this uh, slow twitch that would be, uh, where a lady in question even supplied a doctored carbon fire. Garmin file. Oh, Garmin fire to back her case up. Wow. The timing company DQ'd her um, as the proof that her splits over the mat could not tally up with her finish time and that she was only completed one lap of this uh, swim. Um, it was a happy two hours following the whole plot and had more twists and turns than Tom Clancy novel. I'd report then publicly name and shame. Um, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing the, the lengths people go. Wow, it was pretty interesting. Who else, John? Uh, Righty-ho. Uh, Anna Shamri, take down the number, uh, look through the race results and call the slow twitch mafia. <laughs> nice. Jeff Curry's got, get his race number, look up his dress and go around and break his leg. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Only joking. Definitely report to the race director, then go back and break his legs. <laughs> yeah. 
cool, cool. Ben, uh, the running man, sure. Um, I guess it depends. If he took a slot or some other award, then I'd mention it to the race officials. That's only fair to whomever he beat out for that slot award. If he ended up as a face in the crowd who didn't actually win anything or deprive somebody else of something, I'd probably let it go. He's the only one to live with what he did. Okay, we've got um, <laughs> we're gonna be violent bunch of people. <laughs> Julian Stockwell, public stoning. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, Andrew Blake's got. Uh, if it was a genuine mistake or blatant cheating, either way, so your one was a genuine mistake, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was fine being DQ'd. Well, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah, I'm sure, you weren't happy you got DQ'd. I wasn't happy, but I was. Did you get DQ'd after the bike or after the run? After the run, I, f- I finished the run. So we did I still finish? got I still got passed by a few people that, that okay. did the full course. Either way, uh, either way, would talk to the person concerned to find out why it happened and if they got no satisfaction from their reply, i.e., they just didn't give an F, uh, then would report to the race director. Well, that's pretty that's pretty ballsy because if I knew someone cheated in the race, there's no way I'm going to go up to and go, "Oh, mate, did you cheat?" Mm. You know? oh, sorry, I wasn't listening to what you said then. Oh, the pen's gone on the floor. He's throwing it down. Why am I even here? I was looking at the next one. It looked um looked quite good from Annette Lee at Ironman Melbourne. I see my pen. Yeah, were you listening? Because you got you got to ask me a few questions about this one. Okay, at, go. at Ironman Melbourne, I saw and heard people blatantly make the choice to cheat. The swim was so chaotic um, that I heard people say they weren't going around the furthest boy, and no one could stop them. Oh, really? There was a pack uh, riding on the bike. Who knows what the officials did about that? And on the run, I first heard someone come up behind me running and pacing a girl so that when they overtook me I shouted oi that's cheating pace yourself I got a mouthful of abuse which would normally upset me but she hacked me off so much it gave me a little um, lift so I'm glad I said something at this end of the day though officials should be a bit more vigilant they uh, certainly were last week in Cairns got my first warning in 10 Ironman races for being too close on the bike and it was a fair call even though the bloke in front was blocking but at least it was noted well I must say well done on I'm doing your 10th Ironman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty awesome Cairns of the weekend uh, she done weekend before? Before? No, no so two more and you're there mate yeah yeah. two more and you're there yeah. um, John uh, that's, that's a bit of a funny situation, but isn't it? Because she's saying about drafting it, and I think unfortunately our sport creates a lot of cheats just because of the nature mm. of the sport, and and it's unfortunate because it can be hard to avoid. It's a bit different than missing a lap of the course. Mm. So, that's well, knowing, t- knowingly cutting the swim course. Oh no, that's cheating. That's, yeah, that's totally cheating. Yeah, because a lot of that happened at the kind of seventy point three as well. Guys oh, really? were knowingly cutting the swim course. Really? Because it was a big current, you got sucked into the middle. Some of them. I'm going to give some people the benefit of the doubt. You could have thought that the boy on the left was the, the turning boy because you may have drifted so far left that you couldn't see the one on the right. But uh, John, let's say you're doing a race mm. and you're going, you know, you, you cone slot and it's your last chance to get the cone slot. I'm not going to cheat. Well, but, but you, you know, you put a year of effort and time and energy into achieving this goal. Don't try to tell me that I'm going to cheat. No, I'm not. I'm asking you a question, John. Okay. And someone puts a gun to your head and says, I'm going to kill your family if you don't cheat. No, no, no. Um, and you see that just a big pack, maybe by mistake, or maybe, but a big pack just misses a turn. Are you talking on the bike or the, on the swim? swim? Yeah. Don't go to the boy, mm. and which would make you lose 10 to 15 minutes. 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, it's that much of a turn. <laughs> what do you do? I would, I would still do the full course, and I would just be in shock and horror, and I would. Uh, in shock and horror. Then I'd put it, yeah, I don't know, after the race. Uh, that is one area where I think uh, Ironman 
racers need to brush up a bit. Well, it is, is at the turn points. They need to be a bit more like ITU and have a, a number of um, boards boards there and people making sure that people don't cut around on the inside of the boys. That's what they should have done in this kind of 70.3 race, whereas people managed to, to get through. Okay, bigger question, John. Time, if we go back to good old Dave Hayward's question, yeah. um, the question really is, would you go and, and tell on them? Um, if, if I was f- finishing in 30th place and somebody finished in ninth, probably, probably wouldn't care about it. Um, if uh, if I was finishing in fourth spot and somebody in second blatantly cheated, uh, I would probably just, wouldn't make a big fuss about it, but I'd probably notify the, uh, the race organisers. What's really interesting is that we like, we, it's almost like we protect people who cheat. You know what I mean? Because there's that whole narc thing. There's that whole, mm. well, I don't want to be the person who tells them someone, mm. but you know, if you missed the second lap of the course, you've made a conscious choice to cheat. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You have cheated on purpose and to the disadvantage of all the people around you. And I know when I've finished 30th and you're 20th, it's not really going to affect my race and mm. maybe it's just a waste of my energy to worry about it. But at the same time, you know, they made a choice to cheat. Mm. And um, yeah, like I have to admit, I probably wouldn't say anything just because I'm a bit lazy and I wouldn't really care unless it was really influencing my ability to achieve mm. something I was trying to achieve. Um, but... It is, I just find it really fascinating that we often protect the people who do the wrong behaviour. And uh, yeah. So. I, w- I wouldn't do it because I'm protecting them. It'd be a bit like you, yeah, just whether I could be asked or not. Yeah. I wouldn't care about protecting protecting them, I'd say. If I saw something, I'd probably notify them. But and and sometimes it's legit. Like I, in, in some of the duathlons that I put on, I had one girl who won an age group and, uh, and she was pretty stoked. And, and, and somebody did come up to me afterwards and go, are you sure about that? And, and I went and asked her and she, we said, you yeah, know, did you do five laps or four laps on the bike? And she started four. And well, you're supposed to do five. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes people do make genuine mistakes. Well, it's interesting, John, because sometimes in life you also need to stand up for the right reason as well. Like sometimes, you know, like I get it. I do get the whole who cares move on. And, and I have to admit that would probably be the place I'd be. But I remember one time I was doing some coaching at a high school and um, I was coaching some kids for running and what, it was a wet day, so we had to go inside the basketball gym, and it was a pretty hopeless session because we didn't have much space, and the basketball team was practicing. And this coach had this kid who wasn't obviously any good, and the coach just threw the ball in this kid's face. Like, oh, like yeah. it was disgusting. It was like, yeah. it was horrible. And I didn't say anything. And afterwards, I was really disappointed in myself because actually I was meant to stand up for the kid who was, you know, mm. I, as an adult in the room, I should have gone and said something to him and then gone above him and said something to people above him. And, and afterwards, I was disappointed in myself because, you know, I should have done the right thing in retrospect. And, you know, in this situation, I kind of think that maybe I would determine that if I did see someone blatantly cheating, I would just go to the director and say, look, I saw this. And, mm. you know, because I think that, you know, cheating's not good for sport. And there was one uh, one other instance I had is when, the, and I told the story on the show, is when there was this tool at uh, the ITU. <laughs> oh, he was. He when you yelled at the guy? Yeah. And yeah. I, we, we had a full on argument. Yeah. It was because he was calling Jonathan Brownlee a drugs cheat. And I was just, I just thought, I could have just sat there and just let that ride. And I thought, no, you're a dick. <laughs> you are seriously a dick. I'm t- no, not standing for that. <laughs> So stand up, people. Stand up. Stand up when when you know the wrongs happened. Okay, John, this question here it is, is weak. a week. I would say it's a week as well. You give me a hard time about the island one, and then you come back a week later with this one. I, I just thought, let's try a different angle. And I Tim Hemingham one he sent through to me. Wait a second, I might try to find that one. Okay. Tell oh. them tell the one you do. The one you <laughs> this is classic. Off. This is brilliant. There's quite a bit of cricket going on at the moment, and for you Yanks and Canadians and whatever. So you, you're, you're, you're marginalising your audience. You, you, I know I am marginalising. Um, so I thought... Which international cricketer would make the fastest triathlete and why? It's weak and I know it, but I thought it might just uh, just be a slightly different angle. So you can comment on that one if you want. 
but otherwise uh, Bevan's going to come up with another amazing question. Oh, I'm not sure if we'll have to find it in time because I haven't really stored it in my kind of Why storage. Why do we have a pause and then you can do it? We can. No, well, because John, I think we could we could extend your one so we can make it at least a half distant question. Okay, go for it. We can't just go for one sport. Which athlete outside of triathlon or outside Ath- of endurance sports? Endurance sports. Yeah, and not Jensen Button. Yeah. yeah. Okay, he's out of it as well, unless he wants to come on the show. Or Mark Weber. Does he do triathlon as yeah. well? Yeah. Oh, Mark Weber can come and show. Okay. Who will be first? Yeah. Here you go. Who's first? It's the race to IM Talk, we'll call it. Yeah. It's better than any Formula One trophy. Yeah. Are, we, are you cold, John? Joe's worried about you. I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're saving power. You've got to pay for all the insurance, oh. Joe. <laughs> We're talking about insurance before the show. Can I say your, can I say your situation? Yeah. John doesn't have health insurance. Yeah. John? We've got ACC in New Zealand, Bevan. Yeah, have you been on an ACC waiting list? I have, I have. <laughs> it's a long oh, time. I know the right people to get bumped up those lists. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get in no bloody nice hospital when you go to hospital. Anyway, John. I'm okay with that. Who would be the best triathlete in the world in professional sport outside of endurance athletes? So it can't be a runner, can't be a mm. cyclist, it can't be an ultra runner, you know, it has yeah. to be... A soccer player, cricket player. Boxer. Mm. You know, someone like, imagine someone like Pacquiao, because mm-hmm. he'd be pretty fit. Mm. You know? yeah. yeah. Ford Mayweather. So. Boxing, Neanderthals. Do you like boxing? No. Oh, John, it's a great sport. Do, have you, when you watch it, do you get hyped up? Uh, no, not really. Really? Wow. I do. Anyway. So you probably like that cage fighting bull crap as well, don't you? I haven't watched a lot of it, but I would like it because it's aggression. It's a, it's a healthy thing to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Real healthy. Hey, well, we've got an interview coming up. And is our sport that healthy, John? Yeah, it's very healthy. We've got Tanzan Lewis coming up. Great legend that she is. And she's a sports docky or sportydoc.com. And um, she's got an interview, really good interview about some issues that we all need to consider, John. Yes. So here is the lovely Tanzan Lewis. Right, uh, Bevan. So I was, I was sitting in my, my little condo in Kona, out looking looking out over the sea, um, preparing for for my camp like a few weeks ago, just clearing a few emails, and then pops an email from uh, from our guest today, Tamsin Lewis, saying, "Doctor, Doctor Tamsin Lewis, Lewis saying, is there a doctor in the house?" Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Uh, more or less saying, "Right, we're all gonna." Die of heart attacks. Well, I've heard you've called off Project 2014. It's all off. It's all off. I, <laughs> yeah. I went for my 30-minute 30, 30 easy swim this morning. Yeah, and, great. Uh, That's all you're doing today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Tomorrow I'll go out for a 30-minute easy jog. And uh, anyway, um, we'll, we'll go into this in a lot more detail in a moment. So welcome back to the show, Tamsin Lewis. Hello. Good to be here. Always good to talk to you guys. So it was. It was That's like, a perfect answer. That yeah. is always good to talk to us. We like that. So I was sitting there yeah. pre pre camp and, and thinking, right, well, that's just the news I want to get. Um, You're no, killing I'm yourself. About to die from a heart attack. But I don't know what it's like around the rest of the world. But in in New Zealand, um, we have had a lot of high profile cases with some of our real big Olympic heroes. We've had uh, Rob Waddell, who was Olympic gold medalist in rowing. He came down with um, with some sort of heart condition. We've had um, Hayden Rolston, who's our top cyclist, have a heart condition. Hamish uh, Carter's just recently had um, something going on. We've also had Gina Ferguson, um, Crawford, and, uh, and also obviously Greg Welsh in the triathlon world, and Emma Carney. So it's quite a big list. And um, and I think, I don't know, I, I kind of just brush a lot of these things off saying it's often just a, you know, stats sort of thing, but it's it's becoming, uh, well, seemingly becoming a bit of an issue. And Tamsin wrote a bit of a blog about this on, on, uh, Sporty on sportydoc.com. Um, so I guess my first question is, you know, we, we've seen some of these 
cases with the pros, it seems like they're all a little bit different or, or are they all much of the same condition that all these guys I've sort of listed off and you had a bunch more on your website as well? Yeah, I think there's something that we should clarify first that some of these athletes have sort of congenital issues. They have had probably issues with their heart from a young age, which have only become sort of revealed as the more and more exercise they do. But some of them have acquired um, heart problems, which is what most of the um, the evidence and the research is that's coming out now is that's concerning us. Um, so they're not all the same. Um, they are different. Um, but I think the, the main thing is that we need to make people aware and more, you know, more heart aware generally, because there's different conditions that can express themselves in different ways. Mm. And the evidence now is suggesting that extreme, as we call it, you know, Ironman, triathlon, marathons, ultra running is actually damaging to the heart, um, rather than being, you know, heart beneficial as many people think it was. Mm. So these conditions are different, um, but, you know, I think, yeah, I mean. Well, when we say damaging, you know, that's quite yeah. a broad, broad kind of word. So, you know, like, what, what, how do you define damaging and, and how damaging is it? Okay, so when you say that, is it different between age groups and professional athletes? So professional athletes obviously push their bodies to the limits. They train very hard and, and over time they seem to accumulate damage to the heart. Not every athlete, obviously, you know, every professional athlete has heart damage. But the studies that are, showing, are coming out now are showing that after every Ironman that they've studied and the athletes they've studied their heart in, in, in detail, there is universally damage to the heart after an Ironman triathlon or, or marathons or ultramarathons. Both, all of those competitions damage the heart. The key is that in most people, the, the heart recovers within two weeks. Um, so the markers that they measure of heart damage actually recover, come back to normal in most people within two weeks. However, if you don't allow sufficient recovery, or in some people if you, you know, repeat an Ironman too soon or you repeat a marathon too soon, then this damage to the heart can accumulate over time. Does that make sense? It does, but I think what we need to explain to listeners as well is, is by de- like every time we exercise we damage our muscles don't we and then they repair adaptation and, and, and you sort of add there's adaptation but what you're saying is well, what I think you're saying is for, for most people that's the same sort of case you know you do um, an extreme exercise you damage the heart most people mm. it repairs but there are some people that it doesn't repair and those are the ones that we need to be uh, need to be a little bit careful with yeah, that's right. And then the term they use is cardiac overuse injury. So cardiac is anything describing the heart. And so you imagine the heart in, during exercise, obviously the heart rate increases. You get a, a large stretching of the heart muscle. And normally this stretching can sometimes cause little tears in the heart. And these little tears, you know, they often, they would take time to repair. Um, and sometimes they don't repair enough. So they leave little scars in the heart. And scarring in the heart means the heart doesn't contract as well as it used to. And it also can give rise to rhythm changes in the heart, which is what we should talk about a little bit because that's um, most concerning for a lot of athletes. Mm. Well, tell us about it. Yeah, might as well go into that now. 
Yeah, I think the first thing to mention is is the main thing is recovery. Many of these people that do, I mean, like you, John, you've done your your crazy Kona camp, yeah. and you you did a lot of high volume, high mileage training, and you you know, no doubt came over that came out of that with muscle damage both to your legs um, and your heart. But you know, you had a recovery week. You you know, you did a lot of unstructured training this week, as you said. Yeah. Um, and you know, through that time, you, your heart would have been repairing itself. Bloody well, um, <laughs> another point in that is that sleep, um, low stress in your life. So things like cortisol, which is a stress hormone, um, which is increased if you you know you have impaired sleep, if you have other stress in your life, if you have a full time job, things like that. Um, they all impair the recovery of both your muscles and and your heart too. So all those things add up. Um, you know, we talk a lot about recovery for your muscles, for your body, for your mind, but that is applicable to the heart too. Mm. And I think that's something to, to, to make out to athletes. If you're going to do an Ironman, athlete, um, an Ironman and, you know, you're jumping back to work the next day, um, it's, the chances of you, your heart not recovering at the same rate are, are greater. Mm. So what about the um, you know the, the stats? I mean, if, if I just take myself purely as one example, prior to probably this year, I probably wouldn't have known anybody who had ever had a heart mm-hmm. issue. But then I had one guy that very nearly dropped dead, a uh, guy that I coached. Um, and luckily, he had a paramedic actually running the other direction when he was just out on a training run. And then also just at the um, the Christchurch half marathon, a uh, father, one of the parents that I that I um, in our junior program, he had a um, cardiac arrest as well. So it was like oh, two instances in, oh, in, really? in, in okay. a few well, weeks' time, well, in, in a few months' time. So uh, the stats, I mean, it seems I saw on the, the YouTube clip you've got on your website um, that it's like one in 100,000 um, have a heart attack in, in a marathon. Uh, the, the stats changing at all? I mean, or do you know much? Have you looked at the stats? Because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot of people seem to be having these issues, but we have these high-profile cases. The, the the thing is, I mean, yes, it is. There are high profile cases, but there are more and more people that seem to be hearing about these, um, you know, incidents. I know quite a number of people that since my blog have written to me saying, you know, I've had this heart issue. I've had atrial fibrillation, which is an abnormality of the rhythm of the heart, which is very common in, in athletes. Um, and the problem is, as well, it becomes more prominent with caffeine and, and, and stress and, mm. you know, um, racing as a stress. So that's one thing. It is more common than we think it is. Um, and just a few days ago, a friend from the, my past, when I first started triathlon, wrote to me and she said, I've read your blog and I think people should be more aware because she was an age group athlete and she you know she trained twice a day, but she has damage to her heart from, you know, from training that was, wasn't congenital, it wasn't genetic, um, and the consultants are having a, a you know a hard time sort of recognizing what's wrong with her heart, but it seems directly due to her training. Um, and there's been other athletes similar. So, and she's you know a 30, 33 year old young woman um, based in London, and there are a few studies that show that that's similar. You know, it's it's coming out. In my impression, this seems to be like it's almost like a time bomb waiting to happen, um, because you know more and more people are doing Ironmans, are doing marathons around the world and even ultra running is becoming much more popular Tamsin yeah like is the message that you should put away from doing Ironman do you know it, it, it's not I mean 
people do Ironman for different reasons, don't they? And this is what I made clear in my blog is that we, we, you know, I'm, I'm a professional athlete. I train hard. I put my body through stress. Ironman is not, and, and I remember Brett Sutton saying this to me very clearly when I went to him. He said, don't be fooled. Ironman triathlon is not something that's good for your health. It's bad for your health. Our training is bad for your health. Um, and I, I think that's very true. You know, uh, it's not good for you to do Ironman. Um, what is good for you is the camaraderie of the sport and, you know, it, it's taking away from it, another addiction potentially. And I know that you, you know a lot about that, Bevan, through your other podcasts and things. But people do this sport for different reasons. We're not doing it because we want to be healthy in most cases. However, more people that are taking up the sport do think it's healthy. But I think there needs to be an awareness um, about the heart and about getting checked about looking at your family history and about, you know, considering what training you do and the recovery that you allow yourself. And there are ways you can monitor your heart health as well. So, yeah, that was going to be a question for, that I had is, is what can we all do about this? I've got a few other questions to go through. But, um, you know, on the interview you got on your website from from Ted is uh, – as a guy who's one, one of his friends does it, gets one of his friends to do a CT scan, and he was a guy that's been running for years and years, but he's got a whole bunch of blockages that he didn't even didn't wasn't aware of. So, what sort of you know, health checks and heart checks is um, is practical and available to to most people? Um, well, firstly, that guy on the website is very interesting because he is a you know a, it's a typical sort of athlete addict. He's been a you know training all his life. And he was sufficiently concerned by the evidence that came out from his studies to reduce his exercise and take more, you know, relaxing exercise in between in order to allow his heart to recover. So the, the, the things that we can do, I mean, you mentioned CT scans, CAT scans, we all know what they are, but they're expensive. Um, you know, no matter where you are in the world, unless you have very good health insurance, they're expensive. What will potentially come out is, a, is, is ways to, to monitor your heart function with a tiny sort of you know a blood prick like you know like you test your blood glucose mm. so you do a finger prick blood test um and this is what they monitored with these ironman athletes looking at their heart damage they they measured a number of um markers of cardiac damage so hormones in your blood and we can measure them and take and see how quickly they recover after exercise because mm. mm. universally these these markers are increased after exercise more so in some than in others but saying all this we can look at that we can also get a ct scan which or an mri scan which is the gold standard for looking at the structure of the heart and looking at any potential damage and i myself would probably like to do that in the you know in the in the near future because i think it's good to have a view of the heart but it's not that available to most of us but what this guy is saying that, unfortunately, sudden cardiac death in athletes seems to occur in one in 50,000, so not one in 100,000, from just a rhythm abnormality of the heart and with no structural damage to the heart itself. So potentially the heart just goes into a funny rhythm. Mm. And if you can understand the heart like a pumping muscle, if it doesn't pump properly, the blood sort of, you know, it becomes stagnant in the heart and clots. And if you send off a clot from the heart, potentially to the brain, to other parts of the body, um, and that can, you know, lead to a stroke, it can lead to um, a clot in the lung, which are all pretty, you know, damaging issues. 
Um, so what I, th- what I think the way we can look at this is if you have any family history of cardiac problems, heart problems in your family, then I would 100% go to your, your doctor and ask for um, a baseline ECG, which is a trace of the heart rhythm. But in most cases, this needs to be done over 24 hours. They can give you a little tape that you attach to your body, and they monitor your heart rhythm over 24 hours. Um, so I would recommend that in most athletes, to be honest. Mm. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask is, is, is this a wave of, of um, people coming out and saying this? Because I'm always a bit sceptical when you know, you've got your guy on your website who's, who's uh, doing a big talk on it, and he's one guy. Is there a wave of um, cardiologists saying this is happening? Because it, you know, it's always a worry if we get scared by, by one person's opinion trying to influence everybody. Sure, I, I can see how you thought that, and I thought that, which is why I've read around it. And there's a guy in London who I had pleasure to be taught by at medical school who has done a lot of research in this too, and he looks after athletes in the London Marathon every year. And he seems to think similarly that, that this, is, this is potentially a time bomb waiting to happen, that because a lot of these athletes are putting their heart under stress, um, and a lot of people go into Ironmans, as you know, and triathlons are very much under-trained, And that also furthers the the heart damage as well in a different way. Um, So (laughs) I don't think it's it's scaremongering. I think it's something that we need to be aware of and need to monitor. Um, But, you know, it's not going to stop most people doing the sport who love it. You know, I I must admit it has made me reconsider a future in Ironman racing. Um, As you know, I probably, I do the half Ironmans at the moment, but... I don't know if you've ever had it. This is something interesting because I remember this consultant saying to me, after a hard race, do you know that you don't pee for ages properly? You don't what, sorry? You don't pee. You don't go to the loo very easily. And then I don't know if this happens to you, but then suddenly, you know, four hours later, you're peeing quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. if if, if the alcohol's flowing nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Great for the heart. Yeah, I mean, that's related to the heart stretch, the damage to the heart um, and the hormones that release as a result. But um, there's one thing I wanted to mention that, that, that the Sanjay Sharma, who's the consultant, mentioned is he, the potential for um, potentially dangerous heart rhythms is worse in the heat, which is um, why we see so many problems in the Right. <laughs> Project 14 definitely 24 is definitely off yeah um, you know yeah, I, think, I think for everyone I just want what we want to do and I want many people that have written to me and said you know this doesn't happen to your you know your fat overweight stressed businessman they have a different type of heart attack this can happen to any of us and it does yeah. and some people who are very healthy um, you know, do get at rhythm abnormalities. And I think you should be aware by one, you know, monitoring your heart. There's an app on your iPhone or, or whatever. Every morning, measure your heart rate. Are you recovering? You know, are you getting some funny, funny palpitations in your heart? Do you have to catch your breath sometimes? Has anything changed? Just becoming more aware. You know, we all complain about our muscle soreness. But just just be a little bit more aware of your heart rate and and whether you're getting any palpitations, etc. In terms of, you know, like I, I obviously have this gym side of my life as well, and, and one of the biggest trends coming through in the gym world right now is that high-intensity interval training, you know, that real short half an hour but absolutely kill yourself kind of workout. Is it similar kind of information for that stuff as well? 
Well, know? yes, and we did have a we did have a journalist in the UK who who got on that HIT wagon, and he actually had a heart attack. Um, oh, yeah, and and he's sort of spreading the word saying it's okay to do, but uh, you know, if potentially it could be very you know dangerous for some people, especially if you're completely unfit mm. and you suddenly put your heart rate up to 180. You know, it's. The, it's going to cause a stress on the heart. Um, so it, it is applicable. Um, but I, mean, I think that what we should make people aware of is that don't jump up to, you know, all out Condition to from it. nothing. Mm. You know, there's got to be some, as with barefoot running, preconditioning, you know, in order to do these things. Oh, it's it's all interesting stuff. But so I suppose, I suppose just to wrap up, the, the advice would be if you have a history, you need to get an ECG done. Uh, even, if, even if you just feel you are a little bit kind of vulnerable to it, you want to get the ECG done. Um, monitor your heart rate, you know, check your heart rate monitor in the morning. And, and also make sure you have great recovery strategies post hard sessions or hard races. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that any other additional stress in your life, if you are a hardcore Ironman athlete and you you don't allow yourself a glass of wine or you don't allow yourself a chocolate bar and, you you know, you're this type one personality who everything has to be 100%, the chances are you will, you know, you're more at risk from developing a heart problem because the heart doesn't get time to relax. Things like laughter, going out, enjoying yourself, dancing, you know, all those things that we say, oh, we shouldn't do because it's going to make us a you know, worse athlete. They actually are better for your heart and your body than, than, than we think. <laughs> we know you like a bit of dancing, Tamsin. You've rocked on the dance floor with the boys. <laughs> um, and and I, I popped you an email the other day that you might have been a bit brokenhearted when you, you recently got um, out sprinted in a 70.3, just missing out on the victory in Italy. Yeah, that was um, it's definitely something that doesn't usually happen to me because I have a, usually have a sprint finish. But I um, I crashed on the course two days before the race and was it was running like a was running like an old woman. Um, I kept thinking about Chrissy in, in Hawaii in 2011 and thinking, come on, you know, if she can win Hawaii with road rash like you have, then. Uh, but anyway, it didn't quite work. 18 seconds, I couldn't find, and I didn't know she was coming till it was too late. So there you go. Have, have you won a 70.3? No, this was... I was thinking, there's nowhere I can lose this. I have a six-minute lead off the bike. And, uh, oh, no, you poor thing. I ran six minutes slower than I normally do. Well, seven minutes slower than I normally do in a half Ironman. So there you go. So what's, what's your plan for the rest of your season? Um, we're, we're sort of contemplating the whole Ironman thing. It just I've got my heart set on either Wales or Cozumel. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the year, but um, a few seventy point threes leading up to that. Cozumel could be a bit hot. It might be a bit bit of an issue it's with the heart. A bit damaging. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I race better in the cold, which is a bit strange for me. Saying uh, you know, but uh, and also quite uh, the rest of it, but. Any yeah. love? Any love for any of your sponsors? You got a bit of a team there. Um, I'm sort of developing some relationships this year. I've got um, I, my main sponsors, Pearson Cycles, are down in uh, London. They really help me out. And uh, Compress Sport, who you probably know, full of full of uh, their compress compression gear. Yeah. Um, they're my main. They're my main biggies, and the Priory Healthcare, who I used to work for, so cool. they help me out. 
Yeah, Tim, if you, if you, Tamsin's great. She she's really brings a really good angle to the information she's putting out there. And her website, sport, Sporty Doc, uh, S-P-O-R-T-I-E Doc, dot com. And she's quite, um, you know, you're quite active in social networking or social media. Um, and she, you know, her blog is really, really great. And if you're really kind of, today's interview is kind of perked up in your, in your head, uh, you can go to her site. She's got lots of great information about kind of, the doctor side of our sport, really. That's right. Yeah, it's really great, guys. So, yeah, keep up the good work, Tamsin. And thank you very much for your time. No worries. I just, I just to finish it off, because I, I'm terrible at preaching these things, but I do think that, you know, if you, are, if you do have private health care, then anyone that's doing Ironmans on a regular basis should get a full scan of your heart and 100% cardiac check. That's, that's what I would do. Yeah. And. And I think you should do the same, John, okay? There we go, yep, I'm <laughs> oh, booking him in. There we go, I'm in. I love your Good. photo on your site, Tamsin, the one on the bike where you've got the, you got the medal and you've got the doctor suit on. Oh, yeah, 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 that's funny, isn't it? The doctor coat. Yeah, <laughs> very funny. And heels. Who rides in heels? That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. sharp, mate, you're looking sharp. Awesome, thanks again for your time, Tamsin. No worries, always awesome, good to mate. talk to you. All right, take care, guys. John, your thoughts? It's still scaremongering. We're yeah. all fine. Wait, wait. So you didn't say that to her during yeah. the show? Tamsin's rubbish. Oh, I think you're a legend, Tamsin. No, it's uh, it has it has really struck home to me with these uh, few cases that I've had recently. So, but John, it's, uh, it's is, is that fine line of is it really just a you know a storm in a teacup? Stat, you know, is it stats? You know, like. You know, we had this discussion around the, the deaths and the, and the swims, and we we're thinking. Well, I, yeah. I was thinking, God, there's a lot more deaths. And I always said no, and then yeah. the stats proved me right. The stats basically said, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of just running in parallel with the increase in numbers in the sport. Is it's just these things happen? Is what the stats were saying. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not sitting here crapping my pants, Bevan. Um, but it is something as, as Tamsin said. We should all be Doing some aware monitoring. of. And, um, and I definitely feel like you know, like when I was doing Ironman, I had a pretty cool life because I was able. I could live, make a life. I worked twelve hours a week, and that made me enough money to be able to to live the athlete life. And my twelve hours a week was pretty full on. But uh, you know, I, you know, I got through those ten years. You know, working bugger all and, and having the time to train, but also getting time to rest and recover, and have something else in my life. And you, you know, a lot of you guys out there, you know, you guys are doing full-on demanding job. Like, you know, our sport attracts high-level people, not just as athletes, but as people in all areas of their life. So, you know, often an Ironman will be a guy who's a pretty top person in his career, yep. um, has big demands on himself, and will often have family, and then physically is pushing themselves to the max. You know, they're living oh, yeah. in that high-stress place all pretty the time. much all the time, yeah. And, and I think there is, you know, value for all of us to, to have some kind of monitoring and even if it's just checking your heart rate in the morning, James, and after the interview, was saying there's a really great app that you basically because I know there's an iPhone app where you used to be able to put your finger on the phone right. and it would tell you your heart rate. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, now what I think the next level is it monitors that and then it sees if there's any irregularities in that. And um, and you know it might be invest, worth investing in that little app, which I'm sure is just a couple of dollars. And uh, you know just doing that every morning or, or you know doing that checkup or making sure you have got good rest strategies because it is one of the downfalls of the Ironman athlete is that stopping is not the thing we do well. Oh yeah, and um, I think that's probably the one key thing that came out of that for me is is just making sure people get that recovery, that post race recovery. I see a lot of athletes that, that race and they just um, yeah maybe take a day easy, even if they take a day easier after the race, um, and then they're sort of back into normal training and and uh, racing multiple Ironmans and things like that. Um, I think that's where you got to be. Be a little bit careful around that sort of stuff. So this guy doing 30 Ironman in 30 days. Yeah. 
can be good for your heart. can be good for your heart, but it's not. I don't think people need to be crapping themselves and thinking we're all going to die of heart attacks. You know, sometimes people just go a bit over the top when they hear this sort of stuff. It's just like, just exercise. Some would argue the same thing about food, John. Exercise a little bit of caution. <laughs> you're gonna, you're all you meat-eating people out there, you're, all, you're on a path to <laughs> cancer. <laughs> path to cancer. Get on the vegetable train. Sponsor, John. Uh, one, Tamsin, uh, interestingly, you know, um, good doctor that she is. She, she's on the extreme endurance, been on it before. Well, Tams, and the thing is, John and I, we know nothing really. We just wing it yeah. over. But, but Tamsin Lewis, speak, he's a doctor, John. Speak for yourself. I know everything. Oh, of course, of course, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're so thorough. Yeah. But Tamsin Lewis, she actually reads this stuff. Yeah, and uh, and she, that's, that's the thing. We've, 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 you know, quite a few sceptics have come across Hal Tao. Is, I'm, I'm picking Hal Tao was, was, is not a guy that um, goes out and uh, anyway, he seems to come a little, come across a little bit sceptical on some, some yep. things. And uh, he's another one that, that's been on it and sort you know, Give it a crack. Well, that's why it's such an amazing marathon time, mate, eh, John. Right. Yeah, and uh, it's a phenomenal it marathon, wasn't, wasn't it? It wasn't too shabby. <laughs> it wasn't too shabby. And so all these guys that are actually, um, you know, don't often just jump on the bandwagon of things just because everybody else says they're, they're great. They've gone out there and tried it and said, you know, this is pretty bloody good. Um, they've got the new packaging out for the Extreme Endurance. It's now oh, really? coming, it was now coming in a, um, a Ziploc bag rather than the plastic container. It's coming out in a, in a oh, nice... Oh, it's good zip, for the environment, John. Yeah, Ziploc bag. And so that's the thing with this. You know, if you try um, one, one package of this, which is uh, going to cost you... Oops, I should just press the right button... Um, I think it's forty two ninety five, but I'll get confirmed that in, in just about two seconds, Bevan. Yeah, forty four ninety five. That's two dollars out. Um, you try that for for one month. That basically gives you enough for for one month. Take that leading into uh, you know maybe a, a B race, um, and then see how you feel after the race for a forty buck trial to to see ten bucks a week. Ten bucks a week. It's worth a crack, and it's got the. Is that girl on that side? It's got some big muscles, eh? <laughs> I was looking. I don't know what page you're on. On the front page, I got and. The, the, the good thing with this, um, we've talked to Bevan's lead story today was all about drugs, and this has got the Informed Choice tick by informedchoice.org, trusted by sport, which means these products have been tested to make sure that they do not have uh, any banned substances in them. They've got 20,000 Facebook likes, John. That's a lot. Love your work during the during experience. Endurance. Extreme endurance. Belinda always calls it endurance extreme. She goes, you taking your endurance extreme? Yeah. Just to think she's pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny. So check it out, xendurance.com. Use the code IMTALK5. You get five bucks off your uh, off your order. Those CrossFit girls start looking like men, John. Oh, that's not very nice, Bevan. Well, I'm not saying, well, that's unfair. They're, they're attractive women, but they're definitely looking muscular. I think they look fantastic. Well, no, I didn't say it was bad, John. Yeah. Mm. Some men look, look good too, John. Timo Brach's up there as well. Eight-time Ironman champion, three times European champion. Three tablets in the morning, three tablets in the evening. Well, there you go, Tino Brock. If mm. he's doing it, must be good. Mm. Okay, John, I'm going to put some music on because we've had no music today and it's Coach's Corner time. What kind of music do you want? Basically, I'll give you a choice. We've got, um, you can go with, uh, give me two seconds. One, two. Oh, I'm not sure what's happening here. That's what Thomas does. Thomas, <laughs> just give me a couple of seconds. One, two. <laughs> I love this. What's going on? It's so something I would do. You can go cinematic. Mm. You can go country. Mm. Electronic. Jazz, orchestral. No. No, I go jazz actually. Jazz, <laughs> rock. No jazz. Urban. Jazz. World. Jazz. Jazz. Okay. Here's some jazz music for John.
Coach's Corner. Bit of boss of lounge you're happening there, John. Nice. You know that? John was just commenting on the cat's tail. Big tail. Our cat seriously has. You think of a, think of, as you're thinking right now and you listen to the show, think of a feather duster. You know when it's on a stick? That's literally what our cat's tail looks like. <laughs> you go get a feather duster, shove it up your cat's <laughs> ass, and then you can get a real like strong visual. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not do that. SPCA didn't say that. <laughs> Peter, uh, Peter's coming after you, John. Yeah, righty ho. So I had um, had a number of questions on uh, my Kona race around. Uh, you know, I had a pretty solid day at the office, and people are wondering, well, if you did that, coming off a you know thirty-hour training week, um, should we all change our Kona or change our taper strategies? There is something. There is something to be said about. You know, we, there's these formulas that seem to be pretty true and trusted that mm-hmm. we, you know, we all kind of stick to when we come to racing, endurance racing. And there is something to say, why shouldn't we maybe sometimes, especially as you're a bit more experienced athlete, where you may go out to B race, C race, learning, you know, maybe there is a more higher level of exercise you could do a week before a race, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm not sure, but it is, it seems to be an area we don't, we're not, because we don't want to stuff up a race, we're not really willing to explore on. Yeah. Um, so I just, just want to outline a few things about, my race and my week is, um, is firstly the, the training that I did on the camp in Kona was all pretty um, aerobic so I didn't really spank it um, many times like on the first day I rode about 60k's at Ironman effort and then uh, had a few other little efforts here and there but most of the camp was was pretty aerobic so I think doing anaerobic if I'd done a epic there's a sort of volume with a lot of anaerobic efforts then uh then it might have been a slightly different different story but that being said i did still have a few sessions where i did uh, i did suffer um last week we talked to paul larson about some heat adaptation sort of things and, and racing in the heat and, and we talked about air conditioning one thing that i did for the week over there was um we didn't have the option the first place we stay at doesn't doesn't have air conditioning it's just a fan and um fat, you know, maybe that helped with my adaptation in terms of the heat. Uh, the other thing on the camps, we eat and drink very, very well. So whilst it's a big training week, um, hydration is, is very, very good. Nutrition's really, really good. And, and it was a big week, you know, like on the race was a Saturday race on Thursday, did 125Ks, um, but but it was all pretty easy. And then basically the day before the race, uh, which was Friday, didn't do much at all, but still quite a bit going on, you know, a bit of coaching, a bit of um, you know, running around doing all the bike check-ins and all that sort of stuff. And so the other thing that I would say is the week before the camp, I was very, very well rested because I was sick. Uh, so I, I basically had yeah, we went, yeah, a, a week really, really easy, um, seven days of big solid training and then the race and raced pretty, pretty well. And that sort of got me thinking is, is a similar thing happened for, for the athletes last year that did the race. They all raced pretty well. And, and that's for quite a few guys coming out of New Zealand winter. Um, and so I really think, and the, the point I want to get across today is if you're going into a, a extreme hot conditions race, say you're going from New Zealand to Kona or potentially Australia to Kona or maybe even you guys in the UK, by the time you get to October, the weather's usually pretty crap and it's pretty crap over there in the middle of summer at the moment, um, is maybe to think slightly differently about how you're going to approach your taper. And this is really what I'm going to be recommending to the guys that I'm, that I'm working with locally that are heading over to Kona this year, is instead of that classic taper where you know you build up and two weeks out you start to ease off a bit and then race week is you know, you're just ticking over with short sessions, 45 minute sessions, maybe up to an hour, it's all pretty easy and the intention is to arrive at race day and you're fully rested and you're you're ready to go um 
what I'd be suggesting for anybody going from New Zealand is you really look at this differently and maybe go, right, the final two weeks um, leading into this race, this is what I'd be advising is from 14 days out, uh, you'd basically take four to five days very, very easy. So two weeks out from the race, a nice, really easy period for four to five days to rejuvenate, um, get yourself fully freshened up, and then obviously you're going to, to travel over to the race. And then say you arrive on the, the Friday or the Saturday before the race, the week before, then actually doing a pretty full week of training, um, but at low intensities. But I really think that if you're going to conditions like Kona, getting fully acclimatised is going to be of more benefit to you in the race than actually fully resting up for the race. And if you do, you know, say two to three hours exercise. What are you saying for the world champs? I'm talking for the world champs. So I'm thinking if you're doing, you know, two to three hours exercise in the heat, um, say Monday through... Monday sort of through, well no, say say Saturday through to about Wednesday, so you've got five days of reasonable volume training in the heat, I really think that that's actually going to benefit you more on race day than actually just sitting over there in Kona, where it's nice and warm and you're sitting in your air-conditioned um, hotel unit doing bugger all, resting up for the race, I think that low intensity training, heat adaptation is going to be far better off for you than if you're just going to go into the... Uh, the race rested and, and not, not ready for it. If you're going, totally different story. If you're going over for say two and a half weeks or two weeks before, then I'd take a slightly different approach. Then you'd probably go down the classical route where you you know have one solid week of training in the heat and then you'd have your, your standard week taper. But if you're going in on a limited, uh, a limited taper where you're only going to allow yourself a week, I think you're far better off um, cranking it up a bit and then really taking Thursday and Friday nice and easy for a Saturday race. So Thursday, Friday would be bugger all, and then you'd still arrive at that race nice and easy. Main thing, though, with all this stuff is that that five- or six-day period when you're over there would be low-intensity training going out. So wait, how, how long? Uh, so say, say you arrived on uh, Friday or Saturday, so just over a week before the race. So this doesn't apply to someone who can be there for over – 10 to 10 days to 2 weeks yeah that's it that, you do that, a traditional taper and you'd do, you'd, yeah. you'd do it slightly differently but uh, and then this is also it would be different to somebody who's coming from a warm weather climate say you're coming from Florida to Kona different story this is specifically for people mainly Kiwis that are going over coming out of the tail end of winter you won't have had any heat training whatsoever and you're going over there and it's just like boom you get off the plane and it's like holy crap mm. You need to get you know fully as, as fully acclimatized as you can, so that's what I'm going to be advising for guys this year. I um, have done similarish things in the past, sort of played around with it, and it seemed to work pretty well. Um, but having experienced it this year and also seen what athletes have done in the race last year, um, I think that if you do the do easy training, providing you are rested up going into that, and uh, then you, you sweep. Absolutely fine. The other thing I'd say is um, John Hellmans, who's who's on our camp over there as well. He also suggests um, how did Hellmans go? He had a really solid day at the office. I think five oh seven, which you know on the face of it sounds pretty slow, um, but he uh, didn't it's he? A, yeah he won his age group by seventeen minutes. I think it was. Okay. So um, he'd already qualified, but he's also got a sauna strategy um, where you go you know say you're down at the pool, do you swim, get out of the swim, get in the sauna for I think around about half an hour. Don't drink anything while you're in the sauna. Get nice and hot, and then when you come out of the sauna, then you start drinking. After that, he finds that to be a very effective method for um, acclimatizing. You can also do the um, you know the hot do hot wind trainers, put lots of clothes on, all that stuff though. Kind of it's okay. It probably helps a little bit, but doesn't be the real. McCoy actually getting well, the downfall of it as well is your quality of training tends to suffer because it's such mm. a kind of crap environment. Mm, mm. So, yeah, 
give that a try if you're a Kiwi going over there this year. The other thing people ask me questions on is what I did for my race nutrition over there, and this yeah, is also a bit of a plug for um, some of the guys supporting me. Um, it was, a, I think it was a seven o'clock start, or maybe six fifty-three or six fifty-seven start. So four thirty a.m. Um, I have a, a, a one and a half M's power oh, cookie. So you bars. don't have a traditional breakfast? No, no. I'm going down the M's park power cookies oh. these days, and that's not just because um, M's good mate and stuff. Um, I actually find it just it goes down easy, and it's uh, sweet, and it's good stuff. So I have a, about one and a half. If I can get two bars in, that's fantastic. Um, then I have a bottle of Infinite. Um, so not going quite so overboard with the the fluids as I perhaps have in the past thanks to Paul Larson but a bottle of Infinite's giving me some fluids and also giving me quite a bit of uh, carbohydrate in there as well and then uh, have my extreme endurance tablets yep, um, four of them. and I'm probably going to actually do experiment taking those in the race as well um, oh so yeah, you did that before the race do that before the race in the morning but for an iron distance race I'm, I'm probably going to experiment doing the Yvonne Van Vlerken deal and actually maybe taking a couple in the race not sure if um, that's uh, going to work or not but we'll give did it did you do caffeine crack. before the race didn't do caffeine before the race. Why not? No. Paul Just Larson didn't. said. Yes, Paul Larson said. So Paul, Paul Hoy must be obeyed. That's right. Um, no, I didn't, and that's something I should look into. Yeah, totally. Well, there just seems to be no, no, evidence to prove that it's definitely good. evidence yeah. to, to have a good, good, strong cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, during the race, I basically take in, took in two bottles of Infinite Go Far. Um, so that's giving me, I think, around about fifty-five to sixty grams of carbohydrate in each of those bottles. Uh, then I have three gels with caffeine in them, um, spread through the ride, and then as much water as I could at the aid stations. And again, I've got to give plugs to the Kona seventy point three for having cold water on the course it was awesome uh, and then on the run um, just had two gels both caffeinated had one around the 5k mark 10k mark and then at the aid stations I was just taking a variety of generally water and um, a little bit of uh, coke towards the end and I think I had one little thing of energy drink and uh, and that gave me sufficient fueling I certainly was uh, fading a little bit towards the end but it wasn't a nutrition thing it was just starting to get a little bit tired so that that worked pretty well the infinite first time I've raced on it and uh, worked really well times the only thing i'm going to change is uh is yeah figuring out my making sure i can keep all those fluids as cold as possible and uh frozen and bottles frozen bottles and, and go for the slushy bottles so when you go to Kona next year you're going to go early enough to do a traditional that is a plan i'm planning on going two and a half weeks out and uh and then do you know a good as a family going this year next year uh two and a half weeks away from home mate I'll be away a lot more than that. We have three weeks in Canada as well, so it's all it's all good in the hood. Um, yeah, how's, how's the emotional bank account going? Are you, are you building oh, up credits right now? Yeah, no, Belinda's probably going to come across the race. Not, not only the kids. <laughs> Why would you tell the kids? <laughs> them at home. Yeah, yeah, it's worked once. Must do it every year. Exactly. When do I come? Uh, you'll come on the Tuesday, and you'll just be doing all the interviews. I'll just be kicking back and, uh, uh, and oh, I do all the work and re- relaxing. Um, okay, John. So there you go. These John's tips for for those of you who think about doing tapers and and hot races and Kona and this is this is Kona specific for people that are coming from a cold environment. If you're not coming from a cold environment, try something different. But for Kiwis, I reckon this is the winner. Okay, it's the winner. Yeah, Annabelle, she's doing it. Yep, yep. nice. Sponsor John. Athlinks.com. Yes. And so it's good news on the Athlinks front. We've had quite a few people um, starting to join up. We've gone from um, about 10, I think, to about 120 or so. Oh, good stuff. Um, on the Athlinks page. And so all you need to do is go on to athlinks.com. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and along the top there, there's a you can click on a button under clubs and we're at a club and you basically search for the I Am Talk 
I am talk is one word race team and then uh, you can go on there and just join up to that obviously you need to have Athlinks, uh, an Athlinks account and uh, and some Athlinks results on there and then we can go through there and we can uh, we can do a bit of Ironman talk I am talk even Smackdown uh, at the yeah, races yeah that's right we can see who races each weekend who's the champion it's going to be good um, so you know, like when we go to Ironman Melbourne you know the big Ironman races you know there's lots of small ones all over the place where there might only be one or two listeners here and there but when we come if, if enough people join up to this and we have the big Ironman races um, it'll be really <laughs> interesting to see where everybody lives and we'll start reading out a few more names and uh, be a chance for you to compare yourself against the I'm Talk audience and uh, maybe see your name in lights as well yeah. so Check it out, athlinks.com. And I put a post on our Facebook page as well. It's got a direct link through to it as well. So you can go to our Facebook page and uh, and join up. And it's free to join up to Athlinks, best place in the world to keep all your results in one place. Well, and what's cool as well is it, it really is that thing that, you know, if you just keep it in place and you, you just keep tracking that stuff as you go along, it, it's just really cool thing to have is the history of your athletic experience. It's just easy. It's just, I actually. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all your results are in place. You don't have to go right. I did Ironman New Zealand this year. I did the seventy point three there, and I did Kona seventy point three. Oh, ask yourself this question as you're riding your bike right now. We're out there in your run. How many of your results do you remember from your past? Mm. You know, and I imagine most people who are probably nailing their run and bike right now, John. Let's yeah, be honest, kill it, killing it. Go, you thing, you're Fo- smashing it. Focus on your core. Get Focus your core, on the core. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, knee lift. Knee lift. <laughs> yeah. We had a question about knee lift. Um, Watch out for the car. <laughs> Just save someone's life, John. But, um, how's your heart? How's your heart? Yeah, how's your heart? <laughs> but, you know, like I imagine you probably can't remember all the results you had. And if you just got into that habit, every time you do a race, go on athletes, quickly, quickly, quickly click it in, then there's a history forever. Exactly. And then when you grow up, your kids, you can show your kids. Mm. Oh, that's good times, John. Questions and answers. I normally finish with an athletics.com. Oh, well, athletics.com. But that's okay. Uh, Paul Larson popped pop me an email saying, put it bad, didn't he? Really beating myself up on the run to work today. I totally missed thanking my graduate students for, uh, that formed the bulk of the ice slushy research. So, Dr. Rod Siegel, the new physiologist at High Performance Sport, uh, Dr. Megan Ross, the physiologist and nutritionist at the AIS, the Australian Institute of Sport, and Emil Schultz. Master's student from the Netherlands doing the current flow bottle research. Be grateful if you can mention something at the end of the show and a big appreciation to their contribution and the understanding of the area. So thank you to those guys from the whole I Am Talk audience. Yeah, because Paul wanted us to say that last week, but by the time I got the email, I'd already put the show out. So Brian J just sent through a question. This is Brian Jennison, and he's got, uh, recently I was peeing blood, 9.5. Peeing blood is not a good thing to happen, no. John. No. Imagine that, you go for a pee and I it's red. I don't want to imagine oh. it. Miles into the, hell, uh, the run of the half at the American Triple T. It's one of your favourite races, isn't I'd it? I'd love to do that one day. Where, where is it? In America. Oh. <laughs> it's in Ohio, I think. <laughs> Good. I went to the ER after the race and there was no indication of, as it was, John, something bad. The reason this happened uh, could be due to one or any number of things such as only being able to train in cooler weather, not being doing enough brick sessions, and my body wasn't used to running that much after biking. The fact that there were four races in three days or not drinking enough water on the bike. My question is, if I use a nutrition mix such as goo or roctane... Goo roctane. What's ro- goo roctane? It's just a type, it's a type of goo. Of goo. Yeah. Um, should I count the water use to make the mix in the amount of water I take on, and on the bike? So it must be like one of those five five 
high five gels is the water in it. You know, they're like this, they're almost like a water gel. You carry on. I, I I wasn't thinking that, but it could you could be right there. So yeah, because uh, those five five they have the water ones, which are not so gooey. And people love them. For yeah. example, I had two servings mixed with twenty seven ounces in one bottle, and one point five serving mixed with twenty ounces of water. Should I count these forty seven ounces of water uh, as I plan my drink on the bike? Do you? Well, I think um, firstly, I'm, I'm concerned for your health. Yeah, man, that's <laughs> I, not good. And I, and I don't know what causes that, and I'm not even going to try to guess. Um, oh, oh, yeah, no, that you just not, don't want anything to go that wrong in that area of your body, do you? No, and so you need to get yourself sorted. And I don't know what, but it, it, I guess your question around your, your hydration there is there is there is no right answer in terms of right. You need to be drinking. 27 ounces of water in the entire race or you need to be drinking three litres of water, whatever it is. As we've sort of heard from, from Paul Larson last week, from last week and, and a little while ago, is um, yeah, you, drinking to thirst and is, is really the indicator. So should you count the goo roctane in there or not? Well, depends yeah. if you're thirsty or not. Um, so I think drinking to thirst is, is, is the way to go and obviously your, um, you know, your hydration as well, post-race and, and all of that will, will play a part. So I think that's probably... Yeah, like really yeah. the research is saying that it's not so much about having calculated numbers of, mm. of new, um, fluid the, nowadays. Yeah, obviously on the, the you, you, your intake with your carbohydrate content, yeah, then, that's you, different then, then yeah. you count that up. But in terms of the fluids, you know, you, you should have, be having some fluids when you have your gels and just, just help sort of uh, wash those down. But in general, you know, drinking to thirst is the way to go. And if you start getting a really thirsty and a full-on headache, then probably not drinking quite enough. And I, and I think what's because what you've really come to here is that you feel that maybe water was the reason you've got to the you know where you're peeing blood. And I think you yeah, actually the best bet is to go see a good sports doctor. Mm. You know, go go in your local area wherever you are. There'll be that one doctor who all the athletes know to go see and. You want to deal with someone who deals with athletes who understand what our sport is about and the demands of our sport. And I'm not sure, you know, maybe this is just a one-off. Um, as you say, it seems like the Triple T was a bit of a step up for you. Um, so, you know, maybe you were a little bit under-conditioned. But it's, you don't want to really mess around with stuff like that. And, no. And um, the best advice really is to get someone to actually have a look at you and give you advice based on what they're seeing is happening in your body. So, um, yeah, on the on the fluid side of things, you know, think of that drink to first and then to make sure you get your carbohydrate in. But on the, the peeing blood, you know, you really probably want to go see a good sports doctor. <laughs> That's just scary. Oh, that would that be horrible. Because no. you'd really crap yourself, wouldn't you? Well, you're not crapping yourself, you're peeing yourself. Well, but, true, um, <laughs> but imagine if you thought, you're wearing white pants, you thought, oh, I'll just go for a pee <laughs> in the red pants. This is a good leading nicely on there, Angus Bevan. Boyd. Angus Boyd, um, plug for Bevan, peeing on the run until last week's show. I never thought about it. Did it twice yesterday in Cairns, easily the difference between 10.29 and 10.30. Well done, Thanks, mate. Bevan. Well done, well done. Got to do it. Peeing on the run. You don't pee on the run, do you? Well, I don't need normally. Well, actually, having said that, I did have to stop for a pee in the yeah. 17.3, and in Rote, I did stop for a pee as well, and that cost me a sub three hour run. Oh, John, you stopped for a pee in Rote? Mm, mm. And you got you got three hours. Well, you got three hours oh oh, didn't you? It was like three hours and a few seconds. It was with, with the, it was like three hours oh five seconds. Oh yeah, something. yeah, yeah. It was very. It really close. was your pee cost you your three, didn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, rectify that next year, John. What happened? Oh, I have to practice this peeing on the run. Never done it before. You pee on the bike? Yeah, yeah. So it's no. not you're averse to peeing on yourself? No, no, not at all. <laughs> but um, he does it all the time. All the time. Just peeing on the run, getting getting, getting all the, the really wet shoes and um, and just yeah. 
ping on the bike, you know, I've got to concentrate. You've got to freewheel for a bit and push it. Get out. it going. <laughs> got it. <laughs> he's beat himself then. But on the run, you know, I've got a few other concentrate, you know, concentrating a bit harder. Well, anyway. fair enough, John. Well, I think if you, if you want to go sub three, that's the, that's the, the next step. Do you think yeah. you could pull off a sub three now? Uh, yes, but probably not on a Taupo course. Um, yeah. Because it sounds like slow. If, if, I was, if it was a road and stuff, I'd be full on. I'd be very, very Aiming confident. Um, but in Taupo, I'm thinking if I can be touching pretty close to three, I'm going to be what pretty happy. What about Kona? Yeah, I'll be hoping for sub three in Kona. Oh, you will be? Yeah. But it'd have to be a reason, you know. Times change quite a bit from year to year, but I'd like to think. Are you feeling more three. pressure, John, because you're doing well in all your races? No, no, I'm just, yeah, I'm. You gotta have so, the, con- you gotta so have the confidence. You gotta have the confidence and the belief in yourself. You gotta I have the, you gotta have that, you gotta have the hope and the belief, and still a bit of the doubt. But you know, I'm, I've got hope and belief, and I'm pretty confident in, in, in what I'm doing. But there's still that doubt in doubt. there as well. We're but doubt. you gotta just squash that doubt and just focus on the belief and the hope. Okay, good times. Um, sponsor. What is it with your internet today, Bevan? All yeah. these bloody websites aren't working yeah, and stuff. No, no, I'm not sure what's happening, John. It's Google. It's not Google. It's your it's your internet. Okay, go. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Now. It's funny because it's not working on mine either, but other sites are. I'm sure. This You're so dependent on the internet, as yes. aren't you? Anyway, I can remember what I was going to talk about. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, you need to get your coffee supply. If you don't like coffee, they've got the tea supply. If you want to go for the added extras, Bevan, oh, what do we what, like? What's added extras, John? The beans, the um, chocolate-covered beans. Yeah. So they've got they've got a variety of chocolate-covered beans, and you can go for the white chocolate-covered beans, the dark chocolate-covered beans. Yeah. Got a whole bunch of um, extras you can get on coffees of Hawaii. So that just adds that John, little bit. John, could you to use the, the chocolate-covered beans in the morning before a race? Because um, you can, you can, you can your high sugar. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You can, you can your carbo there. I guess so. And mm. then you're just getting pure caffeine in the bean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't see why not, Bevan. There we go. Pre-race strategy too. Pre-race strategy. Yeah. Um, so Bevan's internet's not working, so we can't actually go into coffeesofhawaii.com because Bevan's internet's not working. Let's give it another go. No, it's not happening, John. Not happening. It's just not happening for Coffees of Hawaii. It's weird. No, it's... Um, okay, guys. So the other thing about Coffees of Hawaii, they've got the recurring delivery. If you are if you are getting coffee consistently mm-hmm. and you know that you use pretty much a couple bags every month or every two months and then you can basically get it so they turn up, you, you kind of set up the system so they just mm. arrive. And there's, there's a niceness to that. For example, I buy protein powder. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I buy it from a, a website in New Zealand, which is uh, it's pretty much the cheapest I can get for a, a good quality protein. And it's a pain in the butt every because it kind of lasts me about three months. I buy, buy about I don't know five kgs worth, mm-hmm. and it lasts me about three months. And it's always a pain in the butt because you, you gotta run go, out. Yeah, you got to reorder, and then you run out, and you think, oh, can I make this last a little bit longer? And I'm always a bit tight. So then there's a kind of week where I haven't got my protein powder, and you know, if they had a recurring delivery. And I could figure out how long that took. There'd be mm-hmm. real value to doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you can do with coffees of why You can kind of go, well, you know what? I know that I'm going through two packets every couple of months. You can kind of figure that out. In the first few months you use it. And then you set up that recurring delivery. And it's kind of a nice surprise when you go to your mailbox or you get that courier package and you open up and there's your coffee and you go, sweet. And, you know, nice. you're never going to run out of that kind of high-quality coffee that we all love. Mm. So if you need a coffee, go to imtalk.me, click on the Coffees of Hawaii um, logo and then that's got all the promo codes and stuff up there and you get yourself a nice healthy discount yes nice, nice. coffeesofhawaii.com 
Okay, John, next week we're going to be doing the nicknames. This week, and we've got to discuss this, we've got quite a few Ironman finishes because we haven't been through this for a while. So do you want to do half of them? There's like 26 on the 25 on the list. Should we do half today, half next week? Oh, okay, I'll pull up the list. So I've got the list and, and it's under our folder. Under Jeez, we haven't done this in ages. Finishes. Well, there hasn't been that many races. I see, is that where I'm going? I'm, I'm, because sh- we use Dropbox, sh- guys. Sh- if you haven't got Dropbox, get it. Show notes, and then under there, I've got a little finishes folder. Finishes folder. He's pretty organised. John is June seventeenth. Well, there's sometimes he puts files in places I just don't understand. Yeah. Because sometimes because we do audio files, and he puts them in a different place every time. Just got to keep you on and your he toes. Goes, it's in this folder. Keep you on your toes. Okay, June seventeenth, two thousand and thirteen, and we've got twenty six. So we'll do thirteen this week. Thirteen next week. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so these people are I am. Ironman finishes, and if yeah. you're an Ironman finisher and you want to get your name mentioned on the show, because we know it's pretty special getting your name mentioned on the show, mm. and uh, if you get your name mentioned, if you want to do this, so we're going to go to 13, okay, um, then you just go to imtalk.me, and there's a little community button there, drops mm-hmm. down, and tell us your Ironman finish, you go on there, you put your details in there, and then we're going to read it like we are right now, John, and you can start. Graham Toms at Ironman South Africa, 11, 50, no, 10.57.51. Oh, I hope you're over the moon with this because it's a PB and you got a sub-11. Nice. Love your work, mate. We've got Stephen Dooney. Stephen Dooney did Ironman Australia, did 10.47, and yes, it was a PB as well. Love your and work. And that's good. On the Ironman Australia course, it's oh, a tricky course. What's their nicknames? Um, are we going to do that for all of them? Yeah, we have to. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this is a commitment we make, John. Okay, okay, so... Uh, I never can say the names properly. Okay. I'll, I'll say the names, you say what they are. Okay. Okay, so Graham Toom, Toms, he did it uh, South Africa in a 10.57. He is a... Palani Predator. Yeah, Stefan Dooney, he did Australia in 10.47. He's also a Palani Predator. Next up, we had Greg Gorman. Greg Gorman did Ironman Australia. Wasn't a PB, but still pretty solid 12.52.20. In Australia, he is a... Harvey Hammer. Nice. We've got Adam Zahara. I think it's Zahara. You say that? Uh, yeah, maybe. I'm in Port Macquarie. Yes, again, a sub-11. 10 for a PB, John. Palani Predator. Nice. We've got Brett Samut. And he did Iron Man Port Macquarie as well. He did a 13.34. Yes, you rock. He also got a PB, John. Kailua Cruiser. Nice. We've got Brett. Oh, no, same one. Paul Barrow. Paul Barrow did Ironman Melbourne, 9.55. Now, John, it's a bit of a funny one, this one, because it didn't do the full swim. But uh, still, sub-10, claim it. Claim it, yeah. Yes, and a PB, he is a? Elite Animal. Nice. Scott Warren, he did uh, Ironman Australia. He did 11.30 and 48 seconds. And yes, another PB, John. Kuakini Crusher. Nathan McKelligogged. Did Ironman Port Macquarie, Quarry, 9.49. It wasn't a PB, so he's a smoking athlete, John. Yep, he did. Uh, he's an elite animal. John, I'm going for it. Yeah, I'm going for all of them. Brad Law, because okay. we're on fire. Bustled in 70.3. Well, yeah, yeah, Brad Law. Look, I've got to pull Brad Law Oh, up. 70.3. He's, he's, he, Brad Law's uh, moved from Christchurch to Perth, and he clearly needs his ears cleaned out because you can't put down 70.3 no, results. No, sorry, Brad. Sorry, Brad. Sorry, no. we love you, but actually, no. Rob, <laughs> <laughs> Rob here. I'm going to say it's here. He, I am in South Australia, 2024 and a bit, and it wasn't a PB, but doesn't matter. He still nailed an Ironman. He's still a Pilani predator. Nice. We've got Matt Nilon, and he did Ironman Australia in 11, 18, 32. And yes, John, it was a PB. Kuakini Crusher. Mike Threadgold, Mazda Engine. Mazda Engine. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Ironman Texas, 120109. A little bit gutted, I mentioned, because he didn't get under that 12 hour mark, but. 
He's, was a PB. And he's, he's a Harvey Hammer, but if he goes a couple of minutes quicker, he can be a Kuakini crusher. Well, you're close, mate. You're close. We've got Rob Arud. A-R-R-U-D-A. Aruda, maybe. Mm -hmm. Aruda. Yeah. Um, Ironman Texas, 11.42. Wasn't a PB, but still an Ironman finish. And he's still a Kuakini crusher. Good. Good old the, the green light kid, David Rowe. Nice. Ironman Lanza Grotti. 10.59.57.02. So got that sub-11. Wasn't a PB, but a 7.11. So he's a Polani predator. Good work. We've got Roy Ezel, and he did Ironman Texas in a 10, 50, uh, sorry, a 37, and it wasn't a PB. But he's still a Polani predator. We've got Tyron, I'm going to say Cragen, and he did Ironman Texas. He was in 109th overall, John, nice. in a time of 10, 37, 51, and John, it was a PB. And he's a Polani predator. Good old Matt Bororoski. He did Ironman Texas in a 12.08.01 and it was a PB. He is a Harvey Hammer. We've got Des Atkinson in The Seagull. Ironman as a Grotty. He did a 11.53.13 and it wasn't PB, but, but it was a sub 12. So he's, still, he's a Kuakini crusher, but if he's got a PB quicker than that, he could be moving up the ranks. And that's right. We've got Barbie. Oh, how do we say this one? Brissol. How do you say one, John? Barbie. Brissoles. 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 She lands a Grotti in a time of 13.44. Wasn't a PB, but hey, her nickname is Barbie. There you go. She's Did a she? Harvey Hammer. Good work. We've got Anton Fries, who did Ironman Brazil in 11.39. And yes, it was a PB. So he's a Kirkini crusher. We've got Mr. Consistency, the constant deliverer, Gary Fegan, City to Summit. Which one's that? Uh, that's a new one of the new ones in the UK. So uh, it was, I think it was a crazy-ass sort of course. Oh, he didn't get a PB, but he did do it in 12.32. So love your work, Constant Deliverer. Uh, so with 12.32, you only a Harvey Hummer with that, Gary. But I know your your PB time is a lot quicker than that. Yes, yeah, so we've got Rob Tappenden and the Dagger. Nice. Ironman Ken's 11.15.21. And it was his first Ironman John, so it was a PB. Kuakini Crusher. Tony Hodge. Ironman Kens, these are all Ironman Kens from here on in, 13.53.35, broke 14 out of the mark, and yes, so PB. She, so she's moved from being a Kailua Cruiser up to a Harvey Hummer. Wow. Hammer. And she was pretty stoked because she did sub six-hour bike on this bike split. Nice. Woohoo, she's got ridden in there. Simon Newman, he did a 11.47 in Kens, again a PB. 11.47 uh, means you're a Kuakini crusher. Michael Scragg did a 14.35, and it wasn't a PB, but hey, you get that medal. Kailua Cruiser. Guys, you guys are legends. There was quite a few. We probably we no, normally won't do that, that many. Well, we normally we should be more consistent in doing we should, it. We should be. So just to explain, if, if some of you guys don't know some of these terms that we're using, Kailua is, is basically the Kona area, um, sort of like Kona is a township. Kailua is sort of that area. Harvey is uh, obviously is a, is a bike turnaround on the run. Kuakini, the Kuakini Highway is the… The bike turnaround on the run. Sorry, the what did I say? This is, the Harvey is a turnaround on the bike course. Okay. Kuakini is the first little highway that you do just before you go up to the, the Queen K. So you do a little out and back on the Kuakini um, highway. Palani is uh, Palani Hill, which you do on both the bike course and on the run, which is it's a it's a crack point. It's a it's a it's a telling moment of the course. It's about yeah. ten miles into the run, and then you've got to go up a pretty long hill. I'd probably say that's. 400 meters long, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty it's long. long hill and it's pretty reasonable gradient. Ali'i is obviously Ali'i Drive and if you're a Kona killer, then... You just dominate the place. Dominating the dojo. John. Yes. John. What I think you should do if you do get your nickname, if you do get your, this, is put it in your email signature as well. Yeah. So like the guy from Google did with the Edge yeah. Group of the Week. Yeah. You know, just, just put this in there. You nice. know, John Newsom. 
Carla Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, Carla Cruiser. <laughs> Sean, what's your, oh, wait a couple of quick things. Um, swim skin for sale? Oh, yeah. I've got a, um, I've got a leftover swim, a Blue 70 PZ3TX available. If anybody wants a male, brand new, hasn't been used, still got the tags and stuff on it, um, Blue 70 uh, swim skin um, pop me an email got one for sale left over and it's got a 30% discount on it from retail so you're going to get yourself a good deal it's a bargain okay also guys if you want to get the show email to you you just go to www.imtalk.me and you'll see that there's a little sign up for an email there are lots of people doing that basically what I do is each week as soon as I've published a show I then send out an email with the link to the mp3 now for a lot of people I know you listen to this through podcasting on iTunes but if you don't it's another way you can get the show so check that out John's sponsors Athlinks.com. Um, get in our group. Coffees of Hawaii. Get the recurring. Extreme endurance. If Tamsin uses it, it must be good. And SLS try. SLS try. Give it a try. Give it a try. Nice. Yeah. John, what's your goss? Um, we had Tommy's birthday party on Sunday. Oh, how'd it go? Took all the kids to Antarctic Centre. Oh, that's Pretty right. Good. You did the old strategy yeah. of taking them somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, it's quite expensive, isn't it? Yeah, but Christchurch residents get half price. Oh, do you? So it was it was still expensive. What do you plan? Um, what do we pay? We had we took eight kids plus me and Belinda. I think it was one hundred and seventy bucks. So it's yeah, I suppose for a party. Yeah, that's what you pay. Yeah, you know, yeah. normally we'd go and hire a little hall and put a bouncy castle up and stuff, and so it was it was all right. Um, Did you hire a hall for a party? Oh, the church hall down the road. Um, so you don't have a party, don't you? Well, then you don't have it at home, and then you, you know you pay. You leave for the church to clean you know, up. Pay yeah. fifty bucks to hire a hall. Sixty bucks on a bouncy castle, hundred bucks. You got a self-made party. Self- no effort. Bit of music. Uh, no, they just need bouncy castle. Oh, but you, just, you should do the bird dance. Uh, oh, we normally do. Yeah, we have a couple of games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good. So that was good times. And uh, when have you been? Have you been out there? Where to the Antarctic Centre? No, because I always heard it was really expensive. Oh, half half price if you're resident. Oh, I don't it's quite know. Good. Really, is it good for you? Go, go on the Hagland ride. Hagland is That's pretty thing, cool. Yeah. You pay more for that. Uh, you paid a little bit more, yeah, yeah, but that was pretty cool. I mean, I, I took all the boys on that, so we had eight. And it was cool. Yeah, it's very. I've been on it before. It's, so it's the Hagland is, is an ice machine that they use down near Antarctica, isn't it? Yeah, and you go. They've, they've got this sort of obstacle course, and you go pretty full on because it's look, steep up and down, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, so I had one of the little boys who was. Belinda just said to him, he, he he wouldn't go into the 4D experience. They've got a 4D movie. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't go into that. A couple of other kids wouldn't go in either. And uh, why? They were just a bit scared. Okay. And uh, and then the Haglin, Blind just said to this little boy, oh, yeah, it's just a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's sitting next he's to me. He's himself. Crapping himself before we take off. And literally as the uh, as the guy just, it was about two seconds before he pulled away, he said, I need to go to the toilet. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I said, just, ha- just hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. <laughs> and he's going around. And we went over the first big hill. And like it's a pretty, it's like a, being on a roller coaster. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty full on. And this little boy is just white as a ghost. <laughs> and uh, then he goes to me, this is pretty cool. Oh, really? So yeah. he liked it? He loved it. Oh, it was a good. little timid little thing. It was, it was awesome. Uh, so that was all good. And uh, Bevan, you know, you, you're a cranium lover. I'm a cranium lover. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. We haven't actually had a challenge. Oh, we need to do it at some stage. Yeah. Maybe um, next year I'll get Joe to come to Kona. Mm-hmm. And uh, post we'll, race, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cranium, cranium challenge. And uh, so one of the presents Tommy got from one of the kids was a uh, kids cranium. Oh wow! I haven't played it yet. No, the problem is for us adults, the kids cranium is pretty basic. Yeah, well, because we went to a friend's house one night to play cranium. Yeah, <laughs> and they pulled out kids cranium. Oh really? <laughs> well, I'm not expecting to be massively challenged when it's kids cranium. I know, but, but it's, it'd be kind of cool I playing know, with but the kids. Just mind that night ruined it for me because 
you know, it's not the same when you get every answer in two seconds. Yeah. There was no challenge. So it was, yeah. yeah. But with kids, I imagine it's fun. Yeah. But there's one of those things like playing backyard cricket with your kid. Mm. You've got to let them win. Yeah. Because. Well, it, not all the time, no, certainly. No, but occasionally you do. You can't, yeah. you can't. I told you about my mate who scored the century against his, his kid, eh? <laughs> but I can imagine. I can be around to his place. No lies. This is no lies. So his kids were seven and five. Yeah. And playing backyard cricket. They had quite a big yard, so they had pretty good pitch. And was, and yeah. So I go around to the place, and, the, and it was actually my brother-in-law of one of my exes, and I go around to their place and uh, walk up the backyard and the pump, yeah, cricket, and he's, and he's <laughs> the kid's just running, pulling the ball, and he's snacking all around the place, <laughs> and he turns to me, and without, without no lies at all, yeah. with all seriousness, seriousness, he turns to me and goes, scored a century the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive, mate. <laughs> Against the five and seven-year-old. Nice. So, good times. Oh, yeah. You never got? Uh, started back into training yesterday. So, this week is just sort of a get back into good routine and uh, have two weeks to let my heart recover. So, my heart's fully recuperated and back into it. So, feeling good about that. John, you need to get insurance. Speaking of which, John, you know what, John, I did on the weekend that was really exciting. You got all your insurance sorted out? Well, we, we I'll tell you what, we, we're getting new insurance just done because mm-hmm. we're kind of thinking we're a little bit underinsured and we want to, you know, we just want to have a buffer. Mm-hmm. We wanna, you know, things happen, we want to be safe. And uh, so the forms are ridiculous, John. Mm-hmm. They ask you stupid questions like, when did you last go to doctor? I went to doctor about three years ago. Yeah. Like, I never go to doctor. Yeah, yeah. And, and what did you go for? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Give us a list of all your ACC injuries you've ever had. Yeah, it's like, well, I've got a file that's a million <laughs> yeah. pages long. So, so it's, it's been a bit of a mission. But we did our will, John. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got a will? Yep. What did your will do? It's very simple. Just give it to Belinda, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, Who are you giving? Yours? What am I getting? You're getting half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting all the recording equipment. Yeah, you get half the recording equipment. Yeah. <laughs> Joe and I will hacksaw it, hacksaw it up. Yeah, it's interesting, really, because I don't really care. Like, obviously, there's a financial, you know, if I die, Tyler and Joe are going to get money, but it, like, I don't care about my stuff. Like, mm. the only thing that I, I write a journal every night, the only thing mm. I really care about is my journal. Like, mm. that's the only thing I really care to pass on to people, you know, mm. because I'm sure they'll want to read about yeah, my life. I'm sure they will. But what was really interesting about my will, because I did my will about five years ago. So that, that journal's been passed on to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I write about you. It's basically yeah. just a reflection on you. Got to do that bloody I am talking tomorrow. Yeah. John's bloody demanding <laughs> no, all these no, things no, of me. Oh, I'm so happy because yeah. John's coming around in the morning. Yeah. No, the, 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 I looked at my old world, which I did, I think, seven years ago. Mm. And if I died and Tyler died in a car crash, Annalise gets all my money. All right. <laughs> so my ex, who is Annalise, who you guys probably remember from back in those days, yeah. Uh, she would get all my money, so yeah. it's definitely time I changed my will. Yeah. Yeah. That nice. Is, yeah, it's good, good times. So did the will, went to the rugby. Did you go to the rugby? Yeah. Oh, nice. That was a domination. That was one of the most dominating performances I've ever seen. Well, do you know what was really interesting, John? There was no atmosphere there? Yeah. I was watching on TV going, I could hear a pin drop. Yeah. You get that in New Zealand. We don't yahoo around the- Oh, when the tries, because- Yeah. Like, the, the, for those people in America and the world who don't really know much about rugby- the All Blacks played yeah. the French on the weekend, and the French are one of these teams for the All Blacks who are a bit of a bogey team. Occasionally, we, we tend to beat them most of the time, but occasionally those they'll just beat us, and mm. they'll beat us in a way that you know makes the All Blacks look a bit silly. And mm. um, they're almost like our bane, really, mm. aren't they? They're, they're a bit of a pain in the butt for us. But this weekend, the All Blacks played a game, and they pretty much just dominated the whole game. But the tries, the All Blacks—they only scored three tries, but they were all three tries were just awesome. top. That last try. Mm was just something special. Mm. And um, 
And so when the tries were happening, there was definitely atmosphere. But in between time, it was just a, a bit flat. That. Yeah, no, you get that. And, and I think also because there wasn't much tension in the game. Like mm-hmm. you knew, even though it, we're only ten to up at half time. It's a real shame, you know, because you go elsewhere in the world, you go to a, a baseball game. game or a football game, or you go to, especially in the UK, you know, the, the supporters are fantastic. Over here, we're just a bit conservative. And, yeah, it's and, a cute uh, way, isn't it? You just but you often just need. If if I was organising that sort of uh, an event. You need a hype man, you, eh? You, you, need to, you need to go, right, we're going to get some hype people in, in certain parts of the crowd and, and you just need a few people, yobos, to, to get going and then everybody else gets into it. <laughs> they just, do. Just the yobos. Everybody's just worried about what other people are going to think of them. Application, are you a yobo? Yeah. Yes, okay, you're in. Yeah. So if you, you know, get a few more of you in there, Bevan, and, and the, crowd, <laughs> the crowd will go wild. But I, I, re- I really think it's an issue because I've, I've been to games as well and it's just like... I really think I'd actually be much happier at my home at home in the yeah, chair just yeah. watching this. Like how do they make it more of an experience? Even little things like once they score a try, some of the music they put on, because when when exciting things happen, you want to come in with the boom, 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 you know, real yeah, pumping, yeah. kind of lifts the crowd kind of music. Sometimes they put some music on and I was like, why would you choose that song? Like yeah. they had, Anchor Me, and people would sing it, but it was kind of like, it's yeah. kind of a flat song. Yeah. So so that was it. What, what are you got up to this weekend? Uh, I'm not, it's going to snow. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. They're saying it's the worst snow in over 20 years. No, no. So uh, we've just got, come through some pretty big flooding yesterday and the day before. So, no, I'm just getting, settling in, back into the back into the daily grind. If you snow, what will you do for training? I'll be on the wind trainer. I'll get trapped. Mm. We get trapped up here. That's the only problem with snow. Mm. You get trapped big time. Joe's buying me some gumboots today. Oh, yeah. You got gumboots? I've got a big chunky pair of gumboots, yeah. I've got gumboots. I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. some gumboots. And, uh, yeah. Wellingtons for your poms. Is that what they call them? Mm-hmm. Why Wellington? Is that because of that general? Why do we call them gumboots? Because they made a gum in their boots. Good, good point. <laughs> <laughs> got me there. <laughs> what sort of gum is it, though? Right, yeah, I don't know. Palms, why do you call them Wellingtons? Maybe Lord Wellington got wet feet in the end. I was, I was in the UK. I'm a bit hopeless at times, as I'm sure you guys can imagine. But no. <laughs> and we're in the morning. I'm in London with my good mates, and there's a, there's a, there's a the, the, the statue of Wellington. Yeah, yeah. My mate goes, oh, this statue of Wellington, Napoleon. Right, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, at least you can laugh at yourself. <laughs> I, I, I have to. Yeah, <laughs> I have to. Okay, well we're back next week. What, Legends? What's happening with Legends this month? Uh, I'm trying to get some things lined up. We haven't got anything confirmed. We've got much time. Seventeenth. Well, we've got um, the Legends may come out a day late. It'll still come out on the first elsewhere in the world. But we, if we don't record it next week, it'll be real record on, on a Tuesday the second. second. Um, so, John Frank McVeigh, if if it comes out a day late. Get over it. Build a bridge, Frank. Build Just, a bridge. I know you're friends with Mecca, but yeah. build a bridge. If it's 30 seconds late, you don't need to Facebook us. It's okay. It gets a bit angry at us. It gets a bit aggressive. Seriously. You know, we're, just, we're just trying to spread some love, Frank. Yeah. You know, so, next time just say, hey, I know you guys really work hard. Yeah. I can't wait to see it come out. Yeah. That's coming. Frank. The Houdini. Yes. Just disappear on that one, okay? <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> okay, let's go. Iron Russ. I mean, no. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.